course, how long have you been waiting in this line then? I've been here since June. You've been here since June? Oh gosh. You're the hardcores. I've only been here since August. Oh. So what, what what is it you're hoping to get in the uh, the the sales when they open up those uh those doors at six AM for all the deals? Oh, you know, I just I, I just I heard there might be deals and that's it's really all I'm here, you know. Oh, uh, 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 they've got they've got some deals on um, you know, so, some uh, some content by queer creators. Oh yeah, I do like a bit of yeah queer content. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I've heard I've heard that the deals are going to be quite 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 nice. Yeah, um, yeah. And I uh, well, as has been evidenced, we've had to wait in this queue with with several strangers to get these deals. Um, oh yeah. I'm I'm hoping I can get in before all the queer and pleasant strangers is sold out. Yeah. Uh, j- just to let you know, queer and pleasant strangers is a podcast. It's not a it, you don't have to pay for it, so you don't need it on on offer, and it's not limited in amount. So like, you probably didn't have to queue up here for it. I do quite like camping though. Yeah, well, that's why I can listen to it while I camp. It's fine. Let's keep camping out for these deals. Deals! Deals! Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura K. Dale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies just sort of have a bit of a chinwag about our weeks and do some voices and some skits and try and make each other have a giggle while we catch up on what we've been doing. Because we are, we are a couple, but we also have independent lives and sometimes need to catch up on what we've been up to. How are you doing? I'm just waggling my chin. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that transfers well to radio. I was having a bit of like, what on earth are you doing over there making these strange facial expressions? I was expressions? wagging my chin. I can see that now, unlike the listeners who had to hear it. Well, yeah. I can hear my wig, my, my waggly chin. <laughs> how, how, has, how has your week been? It's been alright, not bad. It's been, it's been a chill one. Yeah. It's been nice to just sort of... We had a weekend off. Yeah, we had, a, we had an unwind a bit. We, uh... What did we even do with our weekend? We played some, played some board games. Yeah. Uh, we watched through Moana together. That was lovely. Yeah. Wait, hang on. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, uh, sorry. Was that should be on watch? Shh. Oh, okay. We didn't watch anything. Shush. Um. Yeah, it's been nice few. It's been a nice few days. Um, I got very drunk the other night because I watched me me book hit a hundred percent funded, and that was exciting. And I had some drinks, and then got a little bit emotional on Twitch. It was it was a fun time. I know I was watching. <laughs> Hopefully, I didn't. I miss. had to reassure chat that I was going to come and give you a big hug. Oh, I wasn't sad. I was like. I was like, I know, happy but you were emotional. doing totes emotion. <laughs> I was, I was like, needs a big hug. I, so I came and gave you a big I hug. I feel very appreciative of the, the life I get to live. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't blame you. It's an awesome freaking life. But uh, I'm just very yeah. privileged I get to share some of it I, with you. I just hope I didn't make too much of a fool of myself in that live stream. I no. haven't watched it back, but no, it's, it's probably. Fine. I remember I did a, I did a rant angry at anti-vaxxers at one point that that I would do that again. I'd do it again. I tell you, I'd, I'd do, do it, it again. again. Do it again. Um, I think my favorite thing might be that the Twitch chat was better at remembering what hair dye I use than I am. It's Atomic Turquoise. Yeah, it's Atomic Turquoise, Manic Panic. Yeah. I didn't remember that. Chat did. <laughs> but 
Yeah, shall we start with what we played this week? Yeah, what have we fiddled with with our thumbs? Oh, what, we, what we fiddled with? What mm. we fiddled with? Yeah. Um. Uh, well, we, we played some things together. <gasps> we did play some things together. We played some more Clank. I got whooped. I think I got the best score I've ever had in Clank. You got, uh, was it over 200 or nearly 200? Uh, I think it was like 190, but I had a lot of my health left. Like, I... Probably could have exceeded that because I think when you died, I was just like, "I'll see how much more I can get as I head straight for the exit." Yeah, and you you, uh, you had a very good game. I, on the other hand, did not. I, I had I a, died on both games. I had a couple of um very good cards that came up early that were uh, mm. money generating ones. Yes, and like when I was generating like twelve gold every time that like the deck went round. I, I forget how quickly that adds up your points total. Mm. It wasn't just that. It was, at one point you bought like three items simultaneously and cleared the the rest of the shop out. Yeah, like I, I had money to burn that Absolutely. game. Yeah. yeah, what was it? I had the pickaxe that gets you... It gives you two gold, but it also is two attack, which can get you a third gold. Mm -hmm. I had the map that gives you five gold. And I had that scepter thing that gives you two gold and you can teleport with it. Mm-hmm. So I think I was getting like ten. I think it was about ten gold per cycle of the deck. deck. Yeah, it was. It was like I've not seen that that happen before, and it was good. Hmm. Yeah. What about you? Uh, well, that was yeah. that. That was a thing that was you. Yes. There was another thing that we did together. We played Consentical <laughs> together. Oh yes, we played some more Consentical. Yeah, it was nice to get back to that again and 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 try some more of. Yeah. Of the uh, human-loving alien good stuff. We kept forgetting that the kink deck was there and that we could purchase kinks. I, I didn't forget that they were there. I just found that the kinks that were, were there weren't terribly useful. And I didn't think it was worth buying, especially on the second round. Yeah. The second game we played, I didn't think it was worth buying it, one you, just to clear one out. You know what that game kind of needs? The ability to maybe pay one trust to cycle or up to up to the whole mm. kink row like something where you can be like it, it would have to be more than cycle one because otherwise you'd buy it mm. but like maybe if you could use one trust to be like fresh set of kinks please yeah um because yeah that was a problem in that second game was nothing in the kink deck was really working for us we didn't fancy any of those kinks no no, no they just weren't they just weren't for us no but um not limits just yeah it <laughs> We we had an interesting experience during one of those games where we had a bit of a communication issue where clearly we misunderstood what the other player was going for. Did we? Yeah, well, like, I think you, you were wanting me to put down a certain card, but I thought that you were going on that that was what you were going to play. It's when we stopped and I tried to explain what I was thinking. Ah. And we came across that, like, in the rules you're not supposed to talk about the things afterwards because... Alien and human, no language. No language. But, like, I was there, like, it's, it's, a, it's a game about consent. And That's I what the aftercare after the game is for. I suppose so. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm i the, the sort of person where I'm like, if a thing goes wrong, let's talk about it now before it... Mm. Which is, like, I, I maybe I just misunderstood, but I had a moment of, like, oh, no, I'm, I misunderstood what you were, what were non-verbally suggesting, which... I'm not very... I don't know if you know. I'm not very good at reading non-verbal cues. Know. I probably should have just gone, hey, sorry about that. I'm not good at non-verbal cues. Probably would have done it, wouldn't it? It's okay. 
<laughs> um, yeah, but so basically for anyone who doesn't know, Consentical is a uh, human and an alien want to have a consensual encounter. So they uh, decide they get together, they consent to playing the game, and then you have to, through non-verbal means, communicate what you want to do with each other. Uh, you gain trust and then you can pool trust together. And uh, then there are other cards which will allow you to turn your trust into satisfaction tokens, and then eventually to claim satisfaction tokens. And at the end of the game, and at the end of the game, however, the uh, the satisfaction is divvied up. You uh, you can sort of decide how good your encounter was. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we did we did we did all right. We had. Uh, some satisfactory, satisfactory loving. I think the second round we got satisfactory, like satisfactory. Da, 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 we got the same. We got the same. You got the same amount in the second round you did in the first one. I actually got one less in the second round. Than yeah, I, I thought we went down a bracket. We went no, from no, like no, no, eleven no, no, ten no, no, to no. like no, ten nine or something. No, we both. It wasn't. It, it's nine and nine to eleven was the bracket. Uh, Okay, but and we yeah. were at the top end of it the first time, and you were at the bottom of end of it the second one time, and yeah. I was one below. But we need to play that game more often because it's it's a really enjoyable game, but it's one that like we got to get into the groove of it when we're playing. <laughs> like, it's it's easy to forget sort of some of the mechanic stuff to play well. Like I think if we played like three or four games in a row, we'd probably get a better score. Yeah, it's remembering things like there are only two releases in the deck, which means that you need to sort of save that for maybe one in the midpoint, one later on, because there are mm. cards where you can start giving back your satisfaction tokens to give your um, your uh, partner yeah. an abundance of, of additional and trust. Don't, don't forget to, um, like, in the late game... At certain points, just don't be building trust because you need to be converting it to satisfaction. Yep. Like we, we, the the penultimate turn, we were building trust, and it's like, oh, we have no time to turn yep. that. That that was wasted. We should have been making more satisfaction. Yes. Um. And the the other thing, well, although with that we had um a kink that allowed us to get uh, yeah an additional satisfaction for but every five. It, it wasn't too bad because we had what was it the aftercare guard. Uh, I can't remember what the card was, but, but um, I that wasn't through design. Like we had just forgotten that mechanically we was supposed to do that. Yeah, we just we I don't think we were really keeping track of how many cards there were left in the deck. Yeah. So we 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 sort of screwed ourselves on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Each other. That continued to be fun. Yeah, more of that. Did we play anything else together? Uh, yes, we played the Binding of Isaac Four Souls. Oh, really? which finally arrived. Uh, that's that's a that's a fun little card game. If a little poorly balanced occasionally for two players. Yeah, we'd like to see that with three players. Yeah, because there is a there are things that is like this will attack a player, um, which would have been fine if there had been yeah. more than two players. Sh- should we explain the general gist of the game and then like that couple of cards that were making it a bit not fun for a little bit? Isaac and his mother. <laughs> so if you've played the blind, the Binding of Isaac games, it's like drop down through levels, fight monsters, get random items, keep fighting down, try and survive, beat the bosses, keep going. It's all it's all randomized what monsters you'll face and what items you'll get. Mm-hmm. And this is basically a card game version of that. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, in multiplayer, um, you've got a deck of like items that you can purchase. Uh, you get a random item every turn that. Mm-hmm. Some of them will be like get resources. Sometimes they're randomised. So you roll a dice to do it, and you've got 
boss monsters to fight, but well, like... you have monsters generally. To oh yeah, fight. yeah, sorry. They can get you. They can get you extra coins. They can get you a chance to get some I, extra treasure. I, I quite like the mechanic for fighting the monsters. It's a really simple mechanic. Yep. It's basically the monster will have. I th- I, it's basically the equivalent of um, Dungeons and Dragons armor class. Like it's you roll a, a six sided die, and the, the the monster will have on its card like a four or higher, for example, four plus. And if you roll a four or higher, you successfully hit the creature. If you roll under that number, it hits you. And there's like a value for how much health you each have and how much damage you each do. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them will have like specific, more complicated things to them. Like yeah. if you roll a six, it ends the encounter entirely. Yeah. Or you roll a three and it deals twice as much damage to you. Mm-hmm. Um you can't stop attacking till you finish the encounter. If you yep. pick, pick a fight with a creature, it's like, one of us is going to die. Yep. If you um, die, then you lose a coin, all of your cards get tapped, you lose an item and what, and a card from your hand. Yeah, so like you lose some minor resources, but you're right back in the next turn. Yeah. Um, the, the idea is definitely like, take a risk, it doesn't matter too much if you die, you can mm. just get back into it. Which definitely matches the sort of pace of the game. Yeah. The, the video game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then basically, yes, you get to sort of monsters. And occasionally, I think there was like an item or a treasure that allowed you to get a soul. Mm. And if you collect four souls, that is the end of the game. Yeah, so like the basic way to get those souls, as you said, is like usually it's boss monsters. If you defeat one, you get a soul. Um, there's a, a character you can start as who ha- starts with one of those four souls, mm-hmm. but they have worse stats. I think we the item is chest item. Yeah, if you if this treasure chest you have gets destroyed, you get a soul. Um, but it was generally like be the first to beat enough of like to get the resources together to be strong enough to beat the bosses to get the souls. Yeah, and it was a, it was a fun little game. It was fun. I would like to try it with more people. Yeah, because as as much as we enjoyed it, mm-hmm. um, the rules talk about you can play. They say like, oh yeah, you can you can you know cooperate with other players. Um, when you play in two player, there's not really any reason to do that because yeah. you, it's only one competitive objective: be the first to get four souls. Oh. Um, and there were some items that just completely like locked down the game. So you had this item that could once a ter- once per turn um, destroy one item that. Uh, one of your opponents had, yes, and another one that could like destroy a card your opponent uh, on the field and replace it with something else. Yes, and we got into a situation where well, I got Monstro's Tooth, which is the one that lets you um, yeah. destroy an opponent's item once per turn. I got that, I think, in the first or second turn. Yeah, in the f- like very early on, and. The problem is, is you were just destroying my card economy. Yeah, because... so as soon as you got anything out, it was just going again. Yeah, because it's... Basically, you get one card per turn. And, like, if it was money, I was, you know, spend it to get money. So I had, I got to a point where I had no cards in my hand, mm. no cards out on the field, and every turn it was, I pick up a card, I either use it this turn or when my turn ends, Jane will destroy it. Mm. Um, And if this one card can't unilaterally like get me out of this situation 
I'm fucked for another turn. Yeah, and eventually, because I wasn't close enough to getting any souls, and you weren't close enough to getting any anything, because you couldn't move... The game just wasn't going to end. No. Well, I mean, it, well, it w- would have done, but it would have been half an hour later. It would have been half an hour... you sitting there having no fun at all. So I destroyed Monstro's Tooth myself using the D20. Yeah. Which I felt, like, really, like... I'm not good when people in games... Do do things where it's like, well, that's that's not like best game practice. Like you're clearly not doing that to win, but like it you didn't ha- stop me. It didn't well, stop me proceeding. You had to do it because, like, here's the thing: if we'd had three players, there'd have been incentive for you to some of your turns yes. destroy the other players' cards. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, like I doubt in a three-player game you would have gone for my cards every single turn. No, because I'm not a complete yeah. bitch. So I'd have had slightly more card economy, but also that bit in the rule book where it says you can play, you know, compa- uh, cooperatively with other players. Mm. That makes more sense in three-player because it's like, hey, me and hypothetical third player, Jane keeps destroying our cards. We should probably work together to get rid of that monstro's tooth. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like. It says two to four players. I think. It's I think th- it's two to five. Yeah, I think. I think it's a three-player minimum. Like, yeah. I. I don't think this is a two-player game. This is like, we we are gonna play more of this two-player and have fun with it. But yeah. maybe we don't use a couple of specific cards in yeah. in two-player. Yeah. Like. Maybe Monstro's Tooth needs a two-turn reset, uh, like, recharge in two-player. Yeah, something like that. Maybe some house rules. Maybe. I mean, like, I'm not adverse to making house rules for certain games when you realise that the issue is just the number of people playing. Yeah, like, that was the only issue I had in our time with that was Monstro's Tooth and perhaps the D20 are like, yeah, maybe not great for two-player. I don't know. The D20 was good for using on my own stuff as well because yeah. it allowed me to recycle cards that I didn't think well, were very good. That's it. You could recycle your stuff and also if you destroyed something of mine, I got something to replace it. And well, Yeah, and the other thing with that is I didn't know what you were going to get, so you could have ended up, if I just decided to destroy something, with something even more powerful. Yeah, so actually, yeah, the D20 is probably not a problem. It might yeah. just be Monstro's Tooth early yeah. on in two-player is not a good thing for fun. Perhaps we'll do a ban that you're not allowed to use Monstro's Tooth on the first couple of rounds or something. We'll yeah. work something we'll, out. We'll work something. We'll, we'll just, like, we'll know the feel if we're playing two-player and yeah. go, can can you maybe not right now? Or can you maybe you know, once, not right once now. every two turns, maybe, could you do that? Yeah, I think that seems G- more Give fair. me a chance. Yeah. And the, the other game that turned up but we didn't get to, to a chance to play was... Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Munchkin. Yeah, which has a destroy bookmark, a, a bookmarks to change gender mechanic or something. To change sex. Uh, yeah. yeah. If you cha- if you change sex, you're allowed to use a second. Um, <laughs> basically, the bookmark says uh, you can use the bookmark once per game uh, to um, run away from any encounter without any sort of impediment. Yeah. Uh, to do so, you must screw up the bookmark like a turtle retreating into its shell <laughs> and and then you can get away. Uh, are um, these... If you change sex during your turn, uh, you're allowed to use a second bookmark per game, but no more than two per game. Um, now, someone has pointed out that there is a version of Munchkin where sex is a mechanic. I've not encountered that. I've played a lot of original Munchkin. I... I, 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 although I am now curious because... 
I know the person that whose Munchkin set I've played, and I wonder if they've taken that out deliberately. Yeah, that is a thought. Like, here's the thing: if it's a mechanic in Munchkin, I've not really played Munchkin. But I've heard a lot about it, and I've never heard this mechanic come up before. Yeah, I, I played, like... Yeah, I must have played maybe sort of 10 or 15 games total. But yeah. I don't ever remember encountering that. Maybe maybe it's, it's just something that's not come up, yeah. or... Just question about this bookmarks thing. Are, there, are these a thing that, like, you can print off more of them yourself, I assume? Apparently you can get one in, like, pretty much any, any Munchkin's app. I don't know. I thought it was really fucking weird. It's weird anyway. I just. It feels weird to be scrunching up a thing that came in your game. Like, is, you, surely you should be reusing those? Yeah, but I mean, we live in a day and age where um, the bigger, blacker box for Cards Against Humanity, you had to cut the bigger, blacker dick, the biggest, blackest dick out of the box. Yeah, but that didn't, like, ruin the box. You could still use Kinda the box. Kind of ruin the box. You just, well, you had to cut a layer through it. You didn't have to cut the whole way through the box. It's true, but it didn't look very pretty afterwards. No, no but. <laughs> That's, um, that's they, different too. I have a certain number of these bookmarks and I'm going to irreparably scrumple them up. Yeah, but I've got a lot of bookmarks, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we yeah, need... um, but yeah, I would like to play that because the art looks really, really nice. I would very much like to to do that as well at we some point. have to summon people for a game. Yeah. Mm. So what else have you played? I've been playing... I've been doing more shiny hunting in Pokemon Let's Go. Shiny, shiny... Uh, I I am up to 88 out of 150 shiny Pokemon now. I've got two. I've got two of the legendaries. Um, I've got two that if I evolve them, they will fill up slots in my uh, my collection. So like, by the time you hear this, I will be at least at 90 out of 150, which mm. is three fifths of the way there. Yeah. I'm, I'm making good progress on my okay. shiny quest. How about you? You play anything else? I played some more cattails. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm nearly finished with that. I've um yeah, uh I've taken over most of the map for my for my people. Um I've become friends with the uh, the Mystic Tribe so that I can go and use their shops and uh I managed to get an item I needed to get into uh one of the dungeons. Mm. Um I think I've got like two more of the arcane pillars left to Feed carrion to, <laughs> and, and 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 to please them and bring back the spirit of the forest. Are you still enjoying it? Yeah, I really am. But I'm. It's got to the point where I just feel like I'm just. I I just want to finish yeah. it. Now. But the way you were talking about it reminded me a lot of how I felt about the end of Sushi Strikers, where mm. I'm like, I'm still enjoying this. The mechanics are still fun. But, like, I wouldn't have been disappointed if this game ended a few hours earlier. Because, like, part of me was just like, I'm playing this because I'm close to the end and I want to finish it more than I am desperate to keep playing it now. Yeah, I mean, the problem is I've maxed out all of my possible uh, level upgrades, so there's no need for me to get any more experience. Which means that I am only hunting for food that I need to eat specifically. Mm. I need to get me through like the last mine because I know I've I've leveled up my swimming fully now, which means I can swim forever. Which means I can swim out to sea and go to the secret island I found. Um, and uh, yeah, I just need to get like a couple of rare um animals caught to feed to the uh, to feed to the arcane pillars. So yeah, I I want to know what happens. I am very curious, but. 
uh, I had to put it down to, to play something else so that I could do a review. Yeah, which I'm sure you'll talk about. I will in a minute. What else yeah. have you played? I don't think I've played anything else. So do you want to finish with the right. last bit? I will finish with the last bit. The last thing I played is Abzu. 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 That that was a very pretty looking game when you showed me them screenshots. It's, it's quite pretty. Um, I like the, the the fact that like it's it's not super detailed from a polygon point of view. Yeah. Um, but it, you can see it's it's quite nicely shaped. A lot of the, especially the the like ocean flora, mm. because it is a basically a diving simulator, like a walking simulator, but wetter. <laughs> and the narrative is somewhat more obscure. Yeah. Uh, so basically, you start off as this uh, creature, possibly, possibly a robot floating in the ocean, sort of face down. You don't really know where they came from, how they got there what their story is, but they wake up and some on-screen instructions teach you how to dive and boost and ride fish and interact, and that's pretty much all the game tells you directly. And then you will go off and, and swim around, you pick up these weird drone things that fly next to you, you go to these circles of coral and animals fly out, and mm. then the sea will be populated by New types of animals. Okay. Um, occasionally you will end up in ocean currents and, and sort of lose most of your control. You just get up, down, left, right. And you can fly through certain fish and they will light up as you fly through them. But there's no bonus for getting them. And there's nothing bad for not getting them. So I don't really realise what the point is for bothering the fish. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it, it goes on. The music's very nice, but I'll I'll talk about that in another section of the show. Yeah, I I watched you play like ten minutes of this game, and the whole thing just felt like journey, but wet. Di- yeah, it felt like discount journey. Like there was <laughs> there was a section where you were sort of on rails and going past some nice things that felt like oh, this is them trying to do the bit of journey where you're like skiing down that sand slope, and there's the really nice sunset happening as the you go past the pillars. Um, oh yeah, no, you got past that and now you're in the dark bit and this is where it's all its all meant to be quite uh, menacing and sombre but then you do the thing and it's all going to light up and the music will swell and you'd swim up to the top of a big cylinder. Yeah. It, it was it was doing a lot of the beats of Journey and trying to be like, we can be Journey too, look at our murals on the wall that tell a story. Except the murals, like, didn't tell they, I mean, any they kind do, of... But it, it... I couldn't glean anything it, it, really well, from those I mean, murals. It's, it's the, a lot more obtuse. The, the st- yeah, like it's it's it wants to be journey and it's not journey. It really does want to be journey in some strange yeah. ways. It's um I will I'll I'll briefly mention it now because yeah. we'll come to it later. Um, the uh soundtrack is done by Austin Wintry. Oh, who did the journey? Who did soundtrack? the journey? Soundtrack. That would explain that one bit that I heard with the the sort of um, violins yeah. where I was like. That that's journey. Like I said that to you while, yes, while you, you were playing it in that ten minutes. I was like, "That's journey music they're doing." Like that. <laughs> mm, that sounds like journey. Yeah. And the Austin Wintery bit would make some sense of that. It really would. Oh yeah, they would. Oh, this is it. It didn't look like it looked beautiful, and the music was good because it's the Journey Quest music. <laughs> but like. They're trying to make scuba diving journey, and this ain't scuba diving journey. No, and it, it's only about an hour long. Yeah, it it doesn't have like journey's a masterpiece. This ain't journey. Yeah, I feel like it wants you to just sit and watch it a lot. 
Yeah. Like, there's the whole meditate mechanic where you you fl- swim over to, like, these statues, and then you can just sit on them and stalk fish for a while with yeah. your mind. Mind stalking. Yeah, and, and, like, it seems to just want you to go, hey, look, on-screen aquarium. Pretty fish. Is that, is, is that like, look, we spend a lot of time doing the mechanics for how the fish swim in schools and things. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's basically feel. pretty much my uh, basically pretty much my my thoughts on yeah. that. Now, so <gasps> inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Right, right. Um, meeting time. Meeting time. So, Hi. so, um. I, I've been thinking uh, new new forms of revenue stream for our uh, gaming business. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to get your uh, opinion on an idea I've been brewing up. I think this is the new thing. Yeah, well, so, what's your idea? So, um, you know how we use uh, loot boxes as a way to uh, basically monetize gambling through kids, you know? Yeah, yeah. We, 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 you know, put something rare up and say, hey, this is a really cool thing. You want that? You're going to have to buy lots of random packs to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I was wondering. We're getting cracked down on in the digital space. You know, we started to see, like, the FTC is looking into this. You yeah, know, the getting, Belgian courts Belgian, were looking at... Yeah, yeah. Australia is looking at banning it. So, I thought, you know, if we can't put loot boxes in games, mm-hmm. I've got an idea. I think this is the next big wave. Yeah. Physical loot boxes. I'm right, look, yeah. Look at it this way. Look at it this way. Yeah. You get a kid. Uh-huh. Offer them a microtransaction in the real world. It's yeah. like a little, little packet, maybe, with yeah. like some bits of card that represent the cool pieces of loot that they would have gotten in game. Yeah, yeah. You know, make it like pocket money price, like two, three quid. Right. And like, it's a physical thing, and we can market it at kids, and, you know, just like loot boxes, to get the rare thing, they're going to have to buy lots of randomized uh, uh, packs that, that boost their experience. Yeah. And... I, I think that these uh, boosting packs could be the new future of loot boxes if we're pushed out of video games. Yeah, I mean, that seems like a great idea. idea. Uh, I've got I got one other suggestion. Uh, like, yeah. You know how we like the, the randomness, the, the surprise? You, yeah. you, you get the thing, and it's, 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 it's a thing. You have that whole... Uh, we usually throw some animation in there yeah. about the opening of the thing. Uh, but what about this? We take some uh, some almost worthless lumps of plastic that we've made look like dolls and, and shoes and handbags and things, and and we wrap them in what is basically a small bath bomb. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. the kids throw that in the water, and then they they think they've got this huge thing, but then it all just dissolves in the water, and then you've just got this tiny little piece of tech. Oh, this is brilliant! I we are. I am glad we have come up with this amazing idea. No, yeah. I'm suggesting, you know, they, they have, it, it, and it's not even going to be like little pocket money things. I'm going to suggest that we and we sell these for like 30 quid and we'll, we'll have another tier at like 85 quid. And then like everybody, uh, the, the kids will be just crying out to their parents for them. We've got to make these things as desirable as possible, but worth absolutely fuck off. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt your meeting. Um... I'm pretty sure that already exists. It's trading card booster packs and 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 random roll bath bombs. Um, what's it? Lol surprise. Uh, I think make them and um, yeah. I actually think it's a really good idea. You're not the first ones to have it, but 
it's been around for years and, and the government haven't tried to stop those yet, so you might actually be onto something. Yeah, I'm gonna hit you anyway, because I don't like fucking interns. <laughs> I think this meeting's adjourned and someone someone clean this guy up. <laughs> Get them to get them to put our order together. Is that... So I don't think that I'm calling the distillery, dear. Oh, the distillery. Well, I I would I would quite enjoy it for our Christmas dinner. Just some brandy soaked mashed potatoes. It's just brandy instead of the butter. Forget to get them oh, all brandy creamy. Brandy butter, brandy butter, brandy butter. That's so fantastic. Yes, and and, and some 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 port in the gravy. Oh, can't do without that. Uh, some beer batter. Make some beer batter, perhaps. Oh, well, very that... common. Oh, I, I know, I know, but it's, 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 it's the only, is the only alcohol that makes a nice crunch is a nice beer batter. Well, how about well, use one of those craft ales? They're very expensive. Oh, beer. Yeah. Very much more fancy. You didn't think I was going to go use a Carlsberg or something? Well, no. I did wonder. No, no, I, I wouldn't. Don't even class that stuff as beer, really. Well, uh, Codswallop, as they used to call yes. it back in the day. Oh, yes. I, I, I was, I was wondering how, how much, how much of the brandy should we, we order just to drink? Well, I was thinking, you know, possibly, uh, possibly a, t- uh, a tanker or two of the brandy. I, I was ordering like a, a cargo container or six of uh, machete. I get the fuel hose and just pour it at my face. Well, I was going to put it in a glass first, dear, but I won't stop you. (laughs) If you want to just stick a straw in the top, we can (laughs) organise that photo. I I think we'll start with the glasses, but by the time that uh, the the Queen's speech is done, I will be there with that that straw in the top, because I need it to get through that, that that, that needless celebration of... Overpaid monarchy. Exactly. I can't be dealing with these text dodging sponges that they keep allowing to go on just because. Oh, royal blood is it? Well, whatever. Uh, yes. So, uh, yes, brandy butter, and uh, we're having lots of uh, the the Christmas pudding has been soaking in brandy since about spring of nineteen fourteen. They've been just topping it up with more brandy any time it just melts so it just it just evaporates off, dear. Oh goodness! Oh, I am ready for that one. I I remember the last time we had one of those those long, slow, soaked ones. That was that was the the the, the festive period where I I, I my breath caught on fire. That I is, you you leaned a bit too close to that candle while you were trying to read the Christmas cracker joke. Oh. It just burnt the entire house down. It was totally worth it. That joke was a cracker. Oh, oh, oh. darling, yes, deep pan crisp and even. Oh. I'll never forget that oh, one. <laughs> right. There's been a lot of work in this room. Should we have a sherry? Let's have a sherry. We'll have a sherry, yes. What have you watched? Ah, uh, well, we watched a thing together. We did. Uh, we watched Moana. Really? I don't yeah. think we've mentioned this. I already. don't think we've mentioned it. <laughs> uh, I honestly can't remember. Is this your first time watching Moana start to finish? Yes. Okay. last time I fell asleep. Yes. Before the she met Maui. Yes. So, I'm, I'm interested to hear how you feel, because I like this film a lot. How do, you, how do you find Moana? It's quite pleasant. 
It's, it's a very sweet film. I, I like the, the I like all the the water effects in it are really beautiful. Oh gosh, yes. Um, um I like the 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 at the end. I like the the the. Uh, spoilers. How old is Moana? Uh, it's a few years old at this point. Skip if you don't want any spoilers for Moana, I guess. I like Skip the goddess at bit. the end. I love the, the whole sort oh. of green and, and growing so, and very diary. There's there's a beautiful um, article, and I wish I could remember who'd written it now, but I will try and find it uh, before this goes up. Beautiful article I read from someone who basically talked about, like, you know that ending scene where Moana's walking towards the big lava creature before mm-hmm. it's discovered that it's the, the goddess yes. uh, island and trying to bring her heart back to her and repair her mm-hmm. as being this sort of metaphor for um trying to heal after being hurt by like abusive people in your life and mm. the sort of bittersweet sadness of trying to let go of all the hurt and confusion that goes on and I really like that reading of it like mm. it's what I think about every time that ending is happening and like She's walking there, like it's the way that la- like as the lava version, she's sort mm. of like angrily, furiously running, and then she just like stops and gets almost sad and yeah. just stops. It's like oh, that that end makes me cry every time. Mm. But like it's good. It just I well up with emotions and I cry at that end bit. Um, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, talk about your thoughts about it. I want to bring up a line from the end that I just think is really beautiful, but I need to Google it first. It's got some nice tunes in it. Yeah. It's got, I like the, um, the bit with the crab when, um, it all goes UV. Oh, yeah. I quite like that. It's very, sort of, uh, looks like a hippie's bedroom, let's be honest. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) I I really like that that about it. That was some good songs. Hey Hey was fun. I like the ch- the those chicken. It was adorable. <laughs> yeah, I um, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm I, glad we watched it. I I like a lot of Moana's songs she herself has, like mm. the sort of um aspiration, like the 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 struggling with what to do with her future, yeah. the wanting to just like I just want to get out there. I want to see the world. I I have this passion and I want to like just just get out and follow mm. it. I like her granny too. Oh, her granny's wonderful. She's fierce. Oh, she's she's wonderful. She makes a great stingray. She does indeed make a yeah. great stingray. And um, I like um Maui's tattoo. A little mini version of it. Oh, the little dancing <laughs> the little dancing Maui. Uh, you're welcome is a great track. It's Isn't sort it? of like ah fuck it. I'm great. You're welcome for all the awesome that I am. It, yeah, it's alright. It wasn't my favourite. It's catchy, certainly, it's, but like the the content of it made me just go. Well, I know people like you. Well, that's the thing. It, it's meant to. It's like it's catchy, and you. Do, it's meant to be like you don't want to like this. He's being so fucking braggy and mm-hmm. self obsessed, but I can't help but. It reminds find me myself. of that Steven Universe track. I'm too famous. Yeah. See, because I remember when I first heard that, I was like, oh, I really like that tune. I listened to it a couple more times. It's like actually, this I, is. Mm. I I went I went full circle. I liked that one. Then I didn't like it. And then the thing that saved that track for me was um, comparing the, it to uh, yeah, it's that similarity to like like a comet. It's the yeah. um uh ha- haven't you noticed I've made it this far? Now everyone can see me burning, and that sort of like bittersweet end to it. Mm. That's like it. My read on that track, and I know we're not in the music section. My read on that track is very much like. 
ah, I'm putting on a big show of I'm amazing, everyone fucking loves me, and it's like, you know, it's all a bit of a front, I'm just like crashing and burning over here, <laughs> is is my read on it, and I like track. I like tracks like that, where it's like, ah, ah, everything's good, but inside I feel like it's all gonna fall apart. Oh no. I wonder why I like those tracks, huh? <laughs> is that the imposter syndrome, dear? It might be a tiny piece of imposter syndrome. Oh, I think it keeps one humble. It's probably good for you. Indeed. To some degree. Um, yeah, no, the one the the one thing I wanted to mention before we finish, um, that, that whole uh, song that Moana sings to Tafiti at the end, I just mm. I just really loved the lyrics of. Um, I've crossed the horizon to find you. I know your name. They have stolen the heart from inside of you, but this does not define you. This is not who you are. You know who you are. It's mm. just like, oh, it's just a really little beautiful little bit of thing of, of like... Hey, hey, y- you, you're still you, and it's gonna be okay. Mm. And it, it makes me do a like I well up a bit because I love that bit. I love you. Oh, I love you too. So things we've watched, Moana. I approve of Moana. It was good. <laughs> yeah, I I like that we get. I also like the the the, the musical stuff we get in that with um the sort of. So, so one thing that I before we finish on Moana that I just really like is that uh, both in the in the in the English language version, both in the dialogue and in some of the songs, we get mm. stuff that is in uh, Samoan, Polynesian, Hawaiian. Um, there's just lots of languages that don't often get to be used in songs in English language films. And I think it's used to like really strong effect. Mm, like there's definitely. there's that one song where it's uh, Moana's discovering that like ah they used to be uh, they used to be explorers, and before it kicks in with the English, there is like a verse and chorus that's not done in English, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I like that. That that was nice. Yeah, more of that. Yeah, it was also nice to see a Disney film with a non-white cast. I know, right? It's a Disney it's... film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Disney. <laughs> It's 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 Disney slash Disney Pixar. They're the same thing at this point, I think. Um, yeah, what else you watched? That's it, really. I've not really had a lot of chance for watching things this week. Oh, yeah, see, I'm pretty sure I've watched a couple of other things. Oh, where um, you at? I watched more TikToks this week. Um, I've been liking enough of the TikToks that I that I enjoy that TikTok, the app, seems to be working out my taste preferences a bit more. And Ooh. I'm getting a few more TikToks come through where I'm like, Oh yes, I see what's going on. Um, I definitely get the feeling with TikTok that, like, because it's a relatively new platform, there are like six or seven meme formats that they've worked out that they're like, this this one is is good and this works, mm. and it's a lot of like remixing and cross pollination from there. Yeah, like the thing that TikTok TikTok seems to be good at is this duets format they have, where you can take a TikTok someone else has done and basically put yours side by side with it and create like two videos side by side that interact in some way. Yeah. Like you might have someone blowing in one video and like being windswept in the the video next to it. And those kind of remixes of content are like, Mm. they seem to be maybe where the future is in that. The Take My Photo Mothman one was really good. Oh, the Take My Photo Mothman one. That was a good one. Um, there there was a great one that was um, if you're happy and you know it, do a spin, and then this husky does a, a spin and looks very happy, and it's it was just adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, T- I'm still 
I think that there is, like, interesting stuff to see there, and, like, I feel like I have found one of these social media things early enough in its lifespan that I can actually watch, like, ah, let's see the growth of comedy on the platform. Mm. But I'm, I'm thinking about heading over there, because there's... Because it's music-based, there's a couple of, like, dance videos I've done that have only gone up on my Facebook, because yes. I don't want to be content ID flagged by sticking it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but they were just made for my own fun, so... Yeah. If I'm feeling grave, I might stick I think, one or both of them the, up on, on TikTok the if other the thing, track's there. A lot of the thing with TikTok is lip syncing is very popular, mm. and you have a lot of puppets, and you're good at puppet work. Thank I you. think you could do some very... I think you could really do some good stuff with TikTok. So, I was saying this when we were looking at it the other night, I was like, you should get on TikTok, Get the puppets. Too. Like, I don't know if I'm the right fit for it, but you can, you can make some TikToks. Oh, well, I, I will perhaps give it a whirl. I I am intrigued enough by the platform that I'm keeping an eye on it. Yeah, definitely. Um, did you watch anything else? Oh, well, I said that was, uh, that was pretty much me. Well, we watched a thing. And we watched the new Doctor Whomstadoof. We did watch the new Whomstadoof. Uh, I think that might be my favourite episode of this season. Yeah. Um, it, it came at the right point in the season, because at the start of that episode, I was like, hmm, I'm surprised we've not had insert this topic yet this season. Yeah. And it was the topic of the episode. Um, I, I'm just going to say it. Every season of Doctor Who, we basically at some point get the, hey, I'm the companion, can I change what's happened in my own past episode? Or can or, I go and see a dead relative? Yeah, it's usually, can I go see a dead relative? Can I go back and stop an event I'm not happy about? This was Well, a... they rarely tell the Doctor that that's what they're doing. Yeah. they know that um, that wouldn't go down. This was a really good spin mm-hmm. on that formula. Um, they did something very different with it. Mm-hmm. Those performances were fucking rock solid. Yeah. We were questioning all the way through what exactly was going on. We paused it in the middle and were like, yeah, we got this, we got this. No, we did not have it. We did it. not have that. But to be um, fair, that came entirely out of left field. Yeah, but like, it it worked. Um, it did. I really... Um, I quite liked the creature design, some of the creature ideas for something that was... The, the moths, basically. Yeah, I liked the, the idea of the moths. <laughs> Um, the, the person, that, that new character that was sort of with our cast most of the time, the, uh, the young girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, like that they had a blind actor playing a blind character. Yeah, that, uh, that was really strong. Yeah. I, I was really surprised by the, the first creature fake out type thing they did. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just like, it was a really good sci-fi episode of Doctor Who yeah. with like a, I, mm, Considering how much this season I've been like, oh, it's great that they're focusing on, like, human stuff, this one's one where I was like, okay, you did sci-fi for a reason, you had an interesting thing to do with the sci-fi stuff. I also like that, um, in all the things, in all of the uh, the conscious universe it could have been, it chose to briefly become a frog on a chair in a white room. Yeah, um, I just want to say, like, I think... There's one little... Skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to know anything about this episode, if you haven't seen it. Um, The fact that the Doctor was being honest when she said she would be friends with the frog. um, I thought that was really nice. It was a really telling thing that grounded this Doctor, was the whole... That could so easily have been a lie to get the do- for the Doctor to get safely out of that situation, but it was honesty, uh. and... That really nicely told us a lot about the character without having to spell it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I really like this Doctor Who. I do. Doctor Who stood of. I I hope she sticks around, and I hope the writing remains as good as it has been. Yeah. Um. So we watched some Castlevania this week as well. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. We watched all of season one and most of season two. Yeah, we watched all of season one and binged some of season two um, of the Netflix Castlevania but, series. Yeah. That's a really good show, isn't it? Isn't it? Um, I think like you could have cut some time out of season one. I think season one could have maybe be trimmed down a bit. It could have been trimmed down and it could have been like a 45 to 50 minute, like yeah. just single episode. Um, I, I agree. I think I think that could have been cut down a bit. But like, I really like, I didn't expect it to be as funny as it was. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the humour, particularly a lot of the um the insult based comedy <laughs> dialogue was fantastic. Between Trevor and Alucard, yeah. Um, the combat was fantastic mm-hmm. when fight scenes happen. Yeah, they didn't fuck about with that. I like the yeah. the like the shallow, shadow Alucard sort of phasing across the room a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, like particularly that um that that Belmont Alucard fight is <laughs> is wonderful. They called him a cock or <laughs> <laughs> I I there's there's a bit early in season two where they're having a, a back and forth and it's like Oh fuck off! And I'm just like, oh, I love, I love you both. Please kiss already. <laughs> um, but we need to finish. We need to finish yes, season two because, like, we're we're sort of gearing up to the whole like, ah, let's go do the thing so we can go fight the 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 prob- the big problem. Mm. I enjoyed a lot of that. Yeah, I was really enjoying that, and I'm I'm glad because I didn't realize you hadn't seen season one. No, it was one of those like it was on my list, and I was like, I need to, I I need I need to. Yeah. So maybe uh maybe tomorrow uh, Thursday Thursday night maybe Friday maybe, Friday maybe. Friday night. Uh yeah, it won't be Thursday cuz I'm yeah. going to go and get zapple. Yeah, maybe 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 end of this week, maybe Friday night or the weekend. Yeah. Uh other things this week. Uh is this the first episode we've done since we finished Chira. Chira. Um yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh Oh, more of that, please. Oh, more, more, more of this. More of this. <laughs> um, <laughs> Shira, the Netflix Shira show is bloody good. It it's, really is. Um, I really like a lot of the mysteries that they haven't like wrapped up with neat conclusions, mm-hmm. and where like season two obviously lines up to. I like the character development for uh, for Catra. I like mm. where Catra's at as a character. I like where Shira's at. Uh, I like. I just very much enjoyed these characters and the big final conflict and where they left everything. Yeah, I like that the the like the the antagonists have depth to them beyond We I, are bad because bad. You know what I really like? We get to see the antagonist team having fun together and being nice people and supporting each other. And being vulnerable. Yeah, being vulnerable, being like I like that we get to see them be human. They're not just evil for the sake of evil. Like well, maybe not human, but well, they're, like, they are sentient, sapient beings. They're, they're a family who seem to care about each yeah. other, and that's a thing you rarely get to see with villains. True. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact that the season ended with like, yeah, we we won this one fight, but let's not forget that ultimately, from where the season started, the good guys are actually in a really bad position, and the 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 villains have gained a lot of ground and like yeah you won this fight but like ultimately things are going to be far rougher for the good guys coming forward mm-hmm. this this was a victory in the battle but a loss in the war oh heck yeah ah oh, that was good mm. and the last thing I think that I watched 
is I've just been watching a bunch of a YouTube channel called Drawfy that I really enjoy. I think I've talked about them on here before. It's a bunch of people who do art will, for half an hour, draw a thing while having a conversation and making goofs. Um, one I enjoyed watching this week was one where they created the most horrifying creature they could based on um, tweets. So they just put out a tweet just being like, what, what, what would you like to add to this horrific creature? Tweet us your suggestions. And it was like, an eye where an eye shouldn't be. Um, like, I, I'm trying to remember what the things were now. Like, Hundreds of rows of teeth. It's, it's like, I a hair that is swords. And, like, too many legs. And they came up with just this horrifying monstrosity together. Lovely. Um, I think, like, part of it was that it had, like, a really nice calming friend's face somewhere in the middle of it and they tried to talk about it being like um anglerfish where they lure you in with the light and then mm -hmm. it's a big monster it's like you'll you'll come across this thing in the dark and you'll see a face and be like ah it's my, my nice friend josh that's a, that's a, my nice friend josh over there mm -hmm. and you go over to them and it's like oh no that is actually a horrifying monster i was lured in um yeah they do a lot of like Recently, they've been doing a lot of videos that are like, draw this character, but in the art style of this show. Yeah. So, like, I think, um, oh, what was the one? They were trying to draw, I think it was, um, it might have been Korra from The Legend of Korra in the 90s Batman animated series art style. Oh. And yeah, they've done a lot of really interesting combination art projects, so... Yeah, that's that's a channel that I've been really enjoying. They're just very calming to, to watch. Uh, is that it for things we've put in our eyes? I believe so. <gasps> so. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor is the Pound Shave Club. Oh, Pound Shave Club? Yeah. Are, are they some kind of place where you get razors for just a pound? No! <gasps> oh, no! No! What is Pound Shave Club? Basically, they will uh, just beat the hair right off your face. They will literally pound the hair off your face, off oh. your legs, off your bikini line. I, I get it. Because if you're that bruised, you're going to swell up. That's going to push the hair right out the follicles. Absolutely. That is basically the principle of their thing. So for just £15 a month, they will send somebody round with a big stick to just... It will be a nice stick. Yeah. It will be very nicely crafted. It will come in a lovely box. And they'll just beat you around the face, around the bush, around the legs. Yeah. Anywhere that's a bit fuzzy that you want to get rid of. Yeah. And they'll, they'll just beat they'll you just, They'll your... just pound you 15 times for 15 pounds. Absolutely. 15 pounds for 15 pounds. And <gasps> listeners can get 15% off <gasps> with the special code QNPS46. If you click the special icon at the top of the page, that is uh, poundshaveclub.com. And and you can get 15% uh, off your first 15 orders. Just, just pound the hair right out of the follicles. Yeah, just pounding it. Just pounding it. <laughs> pounding it. it. That's the, that's, that's the tagline. Just pounding just it. Just pounding it. And now, a festive message from Sinterklaas. Oh, 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 oh. Greetings, good people of the world. It is I, your beloved overlord. I'm hearing word that those naughty millennial children aren't spending enough on gifts for all the people they know. 
As you are aware, the festive period is when all the good little capitalist children spend all their money and take out huge celebratory loans to show how good they've been. Those good children get lots of lovely presents. But the bad children, the ones who don't spend all their money, or don't have any, they get nothing. No food, no medicine, and no quarter from my jack-booted capitalist defense elves. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Remember, children, be good, spend lots, and leave spare food out for me, or be turned into lumps of coal for the fire. Oh, ho, What have you listened to? Listened to? Um, so, I have listened to... Uh, I started listening to a new podcast, or a couple of new podcasts. I started listening to The Worst Idea of All Time, which is... I, I've talked a bit about um, Till Death Do Us Blart, that mm-hmm. podcast where uh, the McElroys and a couple of other people watch... Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 once a year every year and review it the worst idea of all, time, of all time is the not McElroys from that podcast who I'm still learning their names I'm terrible at learning names so I apologise uh, I apologise hosts of worst idea of all time I'll learn your names soon <laughs> um, and it, they will watch the same film over and over and review it but not once a year once a week for a year oh my god um, so um, I believe the season they've just started is uh, Sex in the City, the movie. Oh, God. And they're going to watch and review it once a week for an entire year. And I'm actually really digging it, because the whole the whole thing about Till Death to Us Blah of, like, every time they watch it, they're like, well, I had to find something new to make this entertaining, so, like, I watched it with Dark Side of the Moon and saw if that would line up and things like this. Okay. It's it's that, but on a much more content scale, so it's like... like they, they, They're, like, inventing their own weird plot lines about the film of, like, this, this thing doesn't make sense, what if we explain it with this? And then, like, making their own, like, conspiracy theories of what's going on with plot holes and... Okay. Just... The, the maddening demise of watching them try and make sense of a film they've seen... By the end of the year, fifty-two times. Wow! Is how long are the episodes? Uh, let me have a look at episode length. So they're they're a lot shorter than you sort of um yeah. Till Death to Us Blart can end up being like an hour and a half at a time. Right here, we're looking at like half an hour episodes. Yeah, that um, makes more sense. Or or like a a bit of the way into the se- season they're like half an hour like, yeah when they've got less can only get so much out of this it. is the thing it's it's not about like the the amount of it it's just here are updates as this film slowly destroys us and we and it's it's weird watching the the arc of it because like they'll I've, I've listened to a few episodes now and it's a similar arc has been happening with with the the Paul Blart one where it's like okay this was like a weird mediocre film I hate this film. Oh, I now see the actual genius of this film. No, I hate this film again. <laughs> like, you'll occasionally get, like, bursts of Stockholm Syndrome where they're like, <laughs> like, hey, hey, I don't know what was different this time, but this time it's great. <laughs> um, like, it's, it's, it's a weird... I imagine they couldn't, like, <laughs> lip-sync the film by the end of yeah, the year. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of... It's, it's... 
it's a it's a weird thing. I would recommend giving it a shot. It's it's an interesting little podcast. Even if you don't listen to all fifty two of the season, just just I I think also it it benefits from not seeing the film yourself. I love the weird mental picture I'm building of some of these films okay. of like I've not seen this film, but I've heard it described in so much detail across so many retellings that I feel like I know the film. I feel like I know it now. The one I haven't listened to this week yet, but I really need to get round to, was um, Jim and Conrad did the, I think, the third time they've watched the movie Pixels Yeah, Thanksgiving, so I need to give that a listen, see how badly they ripped it to pieces this time. Yeah, it's... Yeah, what getting people to to rewatch films over and over and over again is is something, especially when they absolutely detested it in the first place. Yeah. So the the one I the one I started with for the worst idea of all time was Sex and the City 2. Ooh, so Okay, well there's a beginning. With, without knowing anything about Sex in the City or Sex in the City 2, I'm just like, well, let's let's jump in, let's jump in here, I suppose. Hmm. Yeah, what about you? What you, you listen to? Ah, uh, we listen to some things together. What do we listen to together? Uh, we listen to some Oscar Schuster. We listen to the album Dear Utopia. Oh, yeah. Which is, is uh, I've mentioned Oscar Schuster before. It's lots of sort of found sounds, some accordions, lots of uh, typewriters and things. It sounds a bit French in some places. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, uh, un falsi invisible, 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 invisible. I don't know. I don't speak French. I'm, I'm trying to. Remember. I don't know what that means, and hopefully it's I'm, not offensive. It's probably invisible. There's something invisible. One what of something it? invisible. Le un. Unvals invisible. Unvals invisible. Yeah, I'll have to assume. I don't know what else is. Probably not offensive. I would hope. Hope not. Anyway, um, yeah, I like Oscar Schuster. It's good. It's sort of very chill and floaty and relaxing and 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 good in that respect. And and as I say, lots of found sounds and and yeah, very very just a nice calm melodic Sunday afternoon, as it was. What have you listened to? I have listened to um, I listened to a lot of the uh, the Super Smash Brothers soundtrack because because that's that's coming out on Friday and I'm excited to play Smash Bros. So it's nice listening to a, a very well curated, often nice like orchestral versions or remixes set of Nintendo music. Um, Smash Smash Bros. Smash Bros. Both Brawl and Wii U had fantastic soundtracks. So I've just been going back and being like, "Give me all the Nintendo music that I can just quietly work to." Nice. What about you? Another thing we listened together. We listened to some Drop Goblin. Oh yes, we did. A uh, bit of bit of dubstep there. Like I don't know. I think it's dubstep. It's got lots of wubs in it. And 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 all those good sounds. Um, but uh, Drop Goblin tends to like do bootleg slash remixes of old tracks or um so we had make your head bounce which is uh hear the drummer get wicked uh prayer for the norseman i'm not sure where the sample comes from but it's something vikingy um and that's really driving hard dubstep 
And then you've got uh, Shaky Body, which is, uh, I can't remember what the track is, something by the Bee Gees. Um, it's, it's, dub, it's listed on here as Dubstep Disco. Um, Stereo Hearts, which is, I don't know, I suppose it's a cross between sort of house and, and dubstep. Some of the time it's almost, almost Rocky Poppy. Like cheery bounce, and then it's got like some real hard driving, grinding synthy bits in it. Um, Whiskey biscuit, which is just weird, uh, and shipwrecked, which is a re- uh, which is a, a remix of uh, an Aylstorm track of the same name. Ooh. So if you like them crazy Scottish pirates uh, and a bit of dubstep, that is the way to go. And that was actually on there in the Navy single. If you if you if you're a fan of Aylstorm. Yeah. So have you listened to anything else? Uh, I went back and got really into a track that I've mentioned a few times on this show. Um, Eight Ball Gold by a, a band called... Uh, it's either Nowhere with a random here. H in the middle or Now Here with No Space. Um, but I continue to really enjoy that track. Like mm. It has some lyrical stuff about like being a little bit addicted to work and the the sort of positive reinforcement of work being a really addictive thing. Um, mm. Again, no clue how I get uh, well, I like that one. Uh, yeah. You listen to anything else? I listened to the Abzu soundtrack. Uh, I found it all on YouTube, so I, I sat down today and had to listen to that all the way through on its own, separate from the game. It's really pretty. It would be. It's by that Journey music guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's really pretty. It's It's calm and and melodic and very gentle it almost reminds me of bits of um the planets from holst by holst like some of the more chill um there's bits that kind of remind me of um venus bringer of peace uh from holst's the planet suite okay it's much more mellow violins sort of that almost like very chill waking up sound I would describe it as I don't know if that makes any sense to anyone else. No, 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 I get that. A sort of, a, sort of a, a stirring, um, and then I listened to Journey soundtrack, which is also available in its entirety on YouTube. Yeah, and yeah, there's the you can hear the influences between the two, but uh, like the way uh, the instruments Journey uses uh, really sets it apart. Yeah, and the use of percussion in some places <laughs> makes it sound a bit more. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be weird or wrong, but like, if you think of like Disney and said like, if Disney were doing like a Middle Eastern section, the kind of music that you would have in that with that sort of percussion, it's that sort of gets in there with Journey, as yeah. opposed to um, as I say with, with with Abzu, it's more sort of flowy and floaty. Yeah, and also uh, journey gets really dark in some oh, places. Oh yeah, no, it it do. Um, the the only thing like from what I've heard of the absolute soundtrack that definitely carries over is that very sort of light, um, mm-hmm. like violin work where it's sort of the, yeah, like feathering the guitar. It's, it's like very much violin. yeah, it's very much feathering. There's there's a way that Austin Wintry's music feathers the mm. violin that is like that. Less than ten minutes, I was like, "That's Austin Wintry music." Yeah. I thought it was an homage, but no, no. Nope. Uh, but it's he make good music. So definitely, I I I'm actually thinking about looking up some some more of their stuff because I yeah. looked them up on Wikipedia, 
and they've they've scored a few a few good few games and things. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see what else they've done. Yeah. Mm. I'll report back to us. Oh, it'll do. What what else have you listened to? I've listened to a new podcast. Uh, another new podcast. Uh, one called Wonderful, hey. and this is uh, Griffin and Rachel McElroy just talking about things that kind of make them happy and that they like. And it's not a particularly like topical show or anything, but uh, we listened to a little bit while we were having dinner today. That was just. Griffin McElroy being like, hey, there's a new Tetris coming out. I really like Tetris. I'm just going to talk for a while about, like, why I like Tetris and the mm. history of Tetris. That is, It's just just a nice husband and wife just being like, here are purely things that we like that we just kind of fancy talking about. Mm. Uh, I was listening to an episode earlier today where Rachel was talking about... Um, she really likes the fact that... Um, you know how humans often do the engagement ring thing? Mm-hmm. Uh... The animal kingdom equivalent is usually um, is usually a lot grosser. Like, there is an insect that, um, when it is interested in a mate, will basically jizz a third of its body weight and go like, um, but it won't entirely be jizz. There'll be some jelly in there, and then be like, Mm-mm-mm. "Hey, hey, lady, do you like me enough to eat some of my jelly jizz?" <laughs> and she just like finds this hilarious that this thing like comes a third of its body weight and then goes. <laughs> I you made hungry? this. I made this. You hungry? <laughs> if you're hungry, that means you'll stick around a while. Or like, there are some birds that will get a stick and like skewer an animal and then bring it as like a kebab and be like, "Hello, I would like to, to I would like to be with you, please. I brought you a, an animal kebab." Mm. Um, it's it's just things that they're like. This just makes me happy for some reason to know about. Okay. So it's just a very positive podcast. Hmm. Uh, you listen to anything else? Not those, all my listening things. I've got one more thing I listened to, and I found this through listening to Wonderful, so thank you, Wonderful, for this recommendation. That's a good start. Indeed. It's already found me a piece of music that I'm really digging. Um, so there's this artist called Mia, um, Maya Follick, uh, M-I-Y-A space F-O-L-I-C, and the track that I really got into was one called Give It To Me. Uh, she's a sort of femme-presenting, very politically aware artist. Um, the best way I can describe her appearance in the music video I saw is, like, you know that Deadpool film? There's a Negasonic Teenage Warhead with the the shade, uh, yep. and the yellow jumpsuit, the shaved mm-hmm. head. Reminds me a lot of, of her in appearance. Mm-hmm. And, um, the video for this song is well worth watching. It's basically the singer... On a roller coaster, and like all of the the like the moments where the music gets calm are all the gentle upward rises of the roller coaster, mm-hmm. and then as it like goes into its big crashes, it goes into the like mm. whooshing round bits of the roller coaster. Okay. Fantastically done video, but um, really? uh, Mia or Maya, I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce her name, but um, she's got an incredibly controlled like almost operatic uh, operatic sort of melodic voice um, that she can sort of very easily transition into this really like raw punk scream that still has a lot of melody to it like she she can do the like very emotional like raw punk like very very like multi-layered kind of emotional angry punk voice Mm -hmm. but with a lot of melodic control still in it it's it's really fantastic seeing the way that she can portray both 
both joy and fury at once in her voice. Hmm. It's she is an incredibly talented vocalist, Ooh. and I really like this mix of sort of like melodic into punk and back again. Nice that she does so like. I would recommend the track Give It To Me, and particularly watch the video. It's a fantastic video. Uh, so that's everything I've listened to. Right then. <gasps> Do you find it too easy to go back to sleep after your alarm has gone off in the morning? Mm-hmm. Do you find that snooze button getting too much action? Yeah. Try Smudge, our very hungry morning kitty cat. She meows so much, you'll have no need for a snooze button because your alarm went off. She knows you're up. She ain't gonna stop shouting. You ain't falling back asleep after your alarm's gone off because Smudge is here to ensure you get up. It's breakfast time! Mummy, it's breakfast time! It's breakfast time, Mummy! Try Smudge. You ain't getting back to sleep after this, cat. Yes, we're coming down to feed you. <laughs> I'm here with the food. <laughs> Just fed you. But what if you did not feed me? <laughs> what if you? What if you hadn't fed me? Meow. <laughs> 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 what if meow? <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, my friend. It's been a very long time since we've seen each other. How, how are you doing? I've been good. been protecting my, my hoard of gold for a while. Yeah. Um, I, 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 how have you been doing? Have you been hoarding, hoarding uh, the old, old classic gold, have you? Well, what what little gold there is is left in the world. Yeah, it's not it's, uh, only such a finite amount, which really is what makes it worth so much. But uh, yeah, I find modern wealth is is much more difficult to hoard as a dragon. Yes, yes, I've been trying to hoard shares, but the paper blows around all over the place. There's a little bit of a breeze on that wealth that should blow right out the door. And shares tend to be far less material, generally. Indeed. Well, and paper it, money, yeah, too. Yeah. It just rustles when you roll over in your sleep. Well, this is what I'm thinking. Anything with paper money should just catch light if you so much as, as, as amber. One like sneeze and the whole lot's gone up. Uh, I briefly considered uh, uh, Bitcoin uh, hoarding that, but uh, again, it's, it's quite intangible. And you know, by the time you've had a snooze of, say, a couple of hundred, just a light snooze of a couple of hundred years, you could wake up and find it's lost all of its value. Well, Although, yes. I have briefly considered graphics cards, because those things are going through the roof because of the Bitcoin mining. Well, indeed. The thing I think is the problem there is, again, once again, it's not going to keep its wealth, because as soon as the Bitcoin miners eventually get bored of that whole thing, graphics cards will be worth, worth a thing, worthless again. Yeah, Indeed, and also, you know, they go out of date so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's the 
I got some new Nvidia Titans, and they're uh, not really keeping their value at all. Yeah, I have had some Bitcoin miners try to get them off me there. Yeah, indeed. What, what other options have we got? Well, the only other thing that seems to be worth a lot that there's a lot of around and, and can be hoarded from, from the humans. Uh, have noticed uh, the mobile phones. They're worth oh. quite a lot. They all seem to have one that you can sort of get off them. Only problem is, you know, you roll over on one, the screen's cracked, you, you can't operate it for fear of scratching the screen with your claws. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a terrible, terrible modern wealth. It's just not very good at all, is it? Indeed. I guess all I can really do is, is get some kind of online bank account and maybe just curl up on the computer. Oh, yeah, I suppose we were, yeah, yeah, probably worth a try. Anyway, I'm off to do a, a raid on, on Silicon Valley, gonna burn all that to the ground and uh, see what I can gather. You can't hoard the wealth, you can destroy it. Oh, yes, well, I do love a good raising as a dragon, you see. Anyway, it must be off. I don't know. Questions, uh, just have questions. What's the questions? Uh, Lucy Nevins would like to know what is the best tasting colour? Uh, okay, so I have synesthesia, so colours have sensations for me. So I'm, I don't know if I'm differently equipped to answer this question to most people. Um, to me, it's, it's a sort of light blue. Light blue is like, light, light blue, and I don't know how to describe this. Because this sounds like it would be bad, but it's not. It's 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 kind of it's kind of fruity, but also kind of like you know that feeling when you have mint and then you breathe in really cold air and it's just like mm-hmm. very fresh. That shade of blue is like those flavors, okay, or nice. those flavor sensations, yeah, which are both things I find really pleasant. Hmm. Um, it, in the same way, like, I've talked about this on some podcasts before. The thing that made me realise I have synesthesia is growing up, there was a shade of yellow that I would call allergic yellow that made me, like, I would get dizzy and all hot and, and flustered. Um, my mouth would taste, like, really sour and slightly sharp at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It was the first time I was, like, very aware of colour equals other sensations particularly taste um mm. because it was such a negative one it's the one that like stood out but no like i think it's a big part of why i really like my hair the color it is and want to keep with blue hair is every time i see see myself in a reflection i'm like oh yeah that's that's like Looking fresh that's like fresh fresh post mint breath and fruit taste that's that's very pleasant it's just I like having this colour around because it does nice sensory things. Hmm. Um, it's it's also very, like... It's a very quiet colour. And I know that, like, you would look at neon hair colour and go, it's, like, that's quite loud and vibrant. It's... It feels like it quietens things a bit, that colour. And that's nice. Nice. Well, what about you? You got a favourite uh, tasting colour? 
Uh, well, I don't have synesthesia, so I will have to go, I like chocolate, chocolate brown, brown goo. <laughs> yeah, that's... Whenever I talk about... If this was a McElroy podcast, I'd say brown <laughs> is the best flavour of ice cream. <laughs> We've got every flavour, even brown. Um, yeah, no, when, when I try and describe the taste of this shade of blue, a lot of people are like, are you just saying that because, like, blueberries and blue packaging on mint things. I'm like, no, it's kind of independent to that. Like, it's it's not like I look at it and go, ah, that is the colour of these things. Mm. It just kind of inherently is those flavours and I don't know why. Because, um, like, yeah, colour color, color tastes are weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> one, one of these days I will go through, like, a, just a list of colours and be like, here is the senses for this color. Oh. Uh, red is red is is um spiky and like bumpy, but like hollow bumps. I don't know how to describe that one. <laughs> but Ooh. like it has like a touch sensation. Like like strong shades of red are just like hollow triangular bumps, and I don't know why that is. Okay. Next question. Sorry, I've I put all my weird out on the table there. Ivalia <laughs> uh, Torres w- uh, would like to know. Um, you mentioned in a previous episode about the game you wanted to make about the war zone. Yeah, escorting the child. Uh, would you consider uh, learning Unity or another game engine to try and make it? And um, if you try and make it, they'll buy it. I've tried to before, so. I've 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 put out some stuff that was made in Unity that like was functional. Um, Video Game Critic Simulator was a Unity project where it's basically just mash the keyboard and satirical game review happens. Mm. Um, I don't have the skills to to create a thing in Unity. My brain just doesn't work with it. I've tried looking at some like uh, first person shooter maker software in the vein of like RPG Maker. Yeah. The problem is is those. Just the people who made them clearly never thought of the concept of not shooting in those. Mm. Like the option to be like turn off player character ability to shoot just never occurred to anyone. So I it's a thing I would love to do if I found the people to do it with. It's just a case of I as a solo person do not possess the skills to create it. Mm. Uh yeah. Got any other questions? Uh Matthew Hudson would like to know. Um, what are your advent calendars this year? This is somewhat appropriate. <laughs> and what would be your dream advent calendar that doesn't currently exist? Oh, um, so advent calendars this year, up until today, we had none in the house on the, what was it, the 4th of December. Mm-hmm. Uh, two have happened today. Yep. Uh, I got sent one by the Pokemon company. Which is absolutely amazing. Is so fucking massive. It's, it's, tw- it's 24 booster packs of trading cards. Nice. So every day it's like, here's a booster pack of Pokemon cards. Um, it's fucking... Uh, I can't overstate how fucking huge and heavy it's it is. It's got proper stand on the back of it. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's a thing. I didn't think it was... I was... I, I saw someone on Twitter got sent one, and I sort of twigged that one might be coming my way. And I thought it was a thing that might be small enough it might go through the letterbox. Yeah. I didn't... But it's about A1 size, because it sits about the same size as that poster frame you've got downstairs. Yeah, it's it's about A1 size, and it's heavy, and it's 
fucking massive. Yeah, because it's what quadruple thick uh, corrugated cardboard. Really? Yeah, and yeah. then like it's got twenty four packs of like two hundred and forty trading cards in wow. it, or something like that. Uh, the better one though is. Jane made me an advent calendar. I did. I made you a unicorn dance party advent calendar yeah. thing. So we've... I don't know if we've talked about it on this show before. Like, Jane's not a big Christmas person. I'm so not an at all Christmas person. Indeed. Like, I I, I do Christmas and you humour you humor me that, Chris, that Christmas is a thing... A little bit. For I, me, I but... won't stop you having. Oh, indeed. But nothing. we we have a we have a joint holiday that is sort of our replacement. Yes, we have unicorn dance. Party. Indeed, uh, we because... dress up as unicorns and dance yes. around the living room. It, it, we did it once, and then we're like, this needs to be an annual tradition. Yeah. It's get inebriated, dress up as unicorns, and just have a silly time. Yeah, with disco lights on. We we go put on all of our party things, including we've got a smoke machine, we've got, we've lasers, got lasers, we've got a couple of different spotlights, lava lamp, glitter, glitter, glitter lamp, yeah. And we're just going to have like a heckin' time. Heck yeah, we are. So, Jane made a unicorn dance party advent calendar that's oh, that was some very strange uh, shouty children running past mm. our window. Um, it's like a little wooden house, but Jane's decorated it with like unicorn stickers and rainbows and rainbow jelly beans and a little unicorn on top and all the little drawers open and it lights up and it's the most adorable thing. I love it. I love you. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> and I filled it with with things that I won't eat because they're not <laughs> vegan. Um, so it's got a Haribo and uh, miniature <laughs> heroes and... and um, uh, celebrations. Is this to, to to resist the urge to to nibble on it yourself? No, it's another case of <laughs> things that I don't do that you you can do, so I won't well, stop you doing them. Well, there are also vegan things that I can eat. Like you can put vegan things in there. I know, but I didn't. I got okay. you these things. Well, I, I I like these things. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard to be vegan where I, I can. Like, I'm. I fresh, but I want you to have nice things occasionally. I I know, but okay. I feel <laughs> I I feel bad that you've put together a thing for me that's got non-vegan things, and I'm like, oh, I feel I feel mean. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a really sweet thing, and I I'd really like next year if like we each maybe put filled alternating days so we can open alternating days and the unicorn's got blue mane <gasps> yeah <laughs> it's adorable and it's it's cute um perhaps we'll tweet a picture for people to uh, i have tweeted a picture oh, okay <laughs> um yeah in terms of dream advent calendar that we wish would exist i can't imagine an advent calendar more us than this one <laughs> this this is the ultimate us advent calendar it most certainly is so yeah, what are the questions we got? On instance, Right, so, uh, hi, Drob. Hi, hi, hi Drob. Uh, if you became a multi-millionaire overnight, what would you buy? I would pay for lots of trans people I know to have surgery. Indeed. Um, a nice detached house that we didn't have to worry about paying rent regularly. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, that, that'd be one where it's like, oh, we, we we don't have to worry about rent month to month would be nice because yeah. then we could work on our creative things yeah. and like have fewer bills to, to think about on a month by month basis. That'd I'd, be I'd, nice. like to, I'd also like to go part time at work so that I could do more like creative yeah. stuff. I I would go back to to doing self-employed stuff. I'd either do freelance work or like the, the sort of stuff I was doing on Patreon. I'd go back to just creating content, mm. 
by myself, I think. We well, could create stuff with me if you'd like to. I I think that goes without saying. We would make some things together as well. Uh, but yeah, I'd I'd like to, to go back to the n- not working with a company thing, maybe, if money was not an object. Yeah, so you, when you didn't need the safety net so much. Yeah. Um, uh, lots I, of, surgery for lots of trans people. Surgery for lots of trans people, like, seriously stock out food banks. Yeah. Uh, maybe, like, buy some housing and, and see if I could, like, use it as some, like, p- get people off yeah. the street and help out. I, like, maybe buy a tower block or something yeah. and then just, like, fit it so that it might not be, like, the nicest place in the world, but it yeah. is a place to, that people would have an address I, so they could start looking at getting jobs and things. I, I would like to be able to pay, pay off my parents' mortgage so that my mother could focus more full-time on the novel writing she wants to do so that, like, she could make that her full-time thing. Yeah. That'd be a really nice... It's mainly just, like... Make it so people can do the things they want to do with their lives. Yeah. And just their lives can be the way they want them to be and help people to do that. I would also like to get that huge Lego Star Destroyer. For like oh, 550 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would get that 400 quid Gundam that I really want to get. That I, I eye that it one. up every time I go to conventions. <laughs> I'm like... I can't just one day. I can't justify it, but one one day I'll have four hundred quid to throw at a Gundam that I don't need. That day is not today, but no. one day. Uh Becky Two here would like to know what events are you planning on visiting next year? Um what are you missing that you might have done? Uh um as I understand it, Coxcon doesn't overlap with Trans Pride or Ooh. any of the Prides next year, so Tentatively, I'd I'd maybe like to go back to Coxcon. I'd like to go back because I met some really nice people at Coxcon yeah. and and people that I'm still friends I, with on Facebook. There, there are some things, there's some conversations I need to have with some people to work out what capacity that might look like. Mm. But I would like to go back to Coxcon. That'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, you had a great time hanging out with Rob. I met Rob while I was there. Met a couple of times. Yeah. We met um like some of the Scottish Gymquisition yeah. um. F- people um i think there's people from sort of lancaster that are talked about like they would go to coxcon to to hang out with us it's it's so that would be like a nice it's one of the few places that i have gone and like a lengthy line has formed to meet me which was a a a thing i can imagine that's a bit weird yeah that's that's a that's a thing um it'd be nice to go back like there's some people who are doing panels there this year that like i know pretty well Um, actions is going to be there this year um and it would be very... There are some people there that it'd be very nice to do some things there with, and mm. conversations have begun. We will see if anything happens. Um, mm. I'm trying to think what other events. Um, so up until now, I would have said London MCM every time I'll be at. Uh, I don't know which MCMs I'm going to in 2019. It depends on where my group of, of MCM nerd friends decides. Mm. So... MCM London and or Birmingham might be both, might be just one. We will see. Mm. Try to think of any other events. I'd like to get around generally. Like I'd like to, I'd like to see if there's anything in Bristol because I've not really been over that side of the country for a mm. while. Um, I know people keep asking about sort of heading like Yorkshire way. Yeah. I don't. I mean, there's there's there is an event up there that I think is like quite near the beginning of the year, but that looked mainly sort of dev stuff rather than yeah gaming things. And I'm not sure that's really. Me. Here's here's <laughs> what I'll say. 
if there's an event that you'd like to see us at, contact that event and say, hey, there's these two people, they do this podcast, here's the things they do, um, we would love to see them at this event. Because if you, if you ask them and tell them you'd like to see them at an event, that's the, when they get in contact with us and go... Ah, uh, would you like to come do a panel or something? We'll pay you travel and your accommodation, and that sort and of justifies us going. <laughs> I know. So, like, I I know an event that I've not been to in a few years, but used to be a a very good one for that was stuff like um Nine Worlds, that sort of tier of event where it's like maybe do some panels, maybe do a live podcast recording. Uh, just if you want to see us at a thing, ask the organisers. Like, tell them you want us there and ask them to invite us, and we might that might help. That'd be nice. Yeah, it's it's the only way people that you like will end up at things. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh. Times, times I've most times when I've ended up doing things at conventions, it's usually because someone emailed them and went, "Hey, that Laura's pretty good. Laura should do a thing." And then they'll go like, "Someone said we should get you. Do you want to do a thing? <laughs> would you? Do you want to do a thing? Do you want to do a thing? Do a thing. Do a thing. Do a thing. Yeah." Spiffy. Yes. Uh, friend, we'd like to know um, what would your magical girl tra- transformation and outfit look like? Oh, hmm. Asked off question. You got an answer for this? Is that a Sailor Moon? Yeah, Sailor Moon. Oh. But it's, it's basically the same thing as the She-Ra transformation. Oh, you, okay. It would be very similar to like the... Um, What's that other one we were watching that had the group of five Oh, okay, girls? yeah, yeah. Uh, Glitter Force. Glitter, it's very Glitter Force. It's the, oh, okay. Everything sort of swirls and your outfit materialises around you and suddenly you're in your outfit. Oh, okay. Um, I guess I'd probably... Uh, I don't know. I would either get smaller, <laughs> which would be nice, <laughs> or I would get much taller. I'd be, like, maybe nine foot tall <laughs> with, like, flowing green, like, really, really... Deep green, like rather than the washed out that it is currently, um, like hair down to my ass, just with like flowers growing out of it and stuff, and and lots of swirlies and flowers and very hippie-ish and then I'd just be like god queen of flowers. Maybe I'll go down a similar route. I'll sort of magically transform into the like the long blue like flowing like water, like a flowing river on my head. We can be water and earth. Yeah, and we, we, we then just have to find the, the fire person, the air person, and, and the heart like, person. Yeah. <laughs> we, we're like we're like halfway to having our like colour-coded superhero team. Yeah. I, here's the thing, I genuinely think we need a friend with like red hair, we need a purple-haired friend, a pink-haired friend. Like, we need to get a group of coloured-haired friends together so that we can just walk down the road. It's like, oh, that's a group of people who transform into superheroes. <laughs> like, I, if you've got a group of five people with different bright neon-coloured hairs, people are just going to go... Polyamorous magical yeah, girl squad. You're not keeping your superhero secret colour-coded identities very secret, are you? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Tucks in boots so uh, they cannot be seen. Ah. Uh. People of Angel Grove, the Power Rangers walk around every day wearing clothes in the colour of their Power Ranger outfits. It's not that hard to work out. Mark Kent just wears glasses. <laughs> what other Christians we got? If you could, would you? Uh, yes. Probably. Yeah. Um, I'm not turning down Magical Girl Transformation. Um, isn't this plush cute? 
His name is Charlie and he has a very soft tum. He looks very, very cute. That is a very cute. Say, he- say hello to Bun. Bun is also very cute. Bun is also very cute. I am a big fan of Bun. Um, you, if you want to know what Char- Charlie looks like, check out this week's question thread on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. um, Jacob Marion would like to know, if your hair wasn't blue and green respectively, what colour would you dye your hair next? Maybe, maybe like a bright red. I could go with that, maybe. Um, I could maybe go with a... If I got the shade right, like a quite a... Uh, a neon, like almost electric neon purple, could be quite nice. Ooh, nice! Like an electric purple could be good. What about I, you? I've been thinking about switching to um, like canary yellow, like Cindy Lauper in the nineties yellow. Ah, but I don't know how well that's going to stay in. Yeah, See, and last time I added yellow to this, it just went back to being green because I... the blue stays forever, but <laughs> the the yellow tint apparently fucks off whatever it likes. I. I would previously have said, oh, that'll set off me in the energy. Yeah, not, not so much now, Ooh. but, uh, yeah. <laughs> also, I might go back to pink. I really, really like doing pink. Yeah. Uh... You, you were a good pink. Oh, thank you. Or an excellent blue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Darius Yon, I would like to know, what will be our lot once our capitalist kindling is spent? What will be our lot? Yes. What will, what will become of us? Um, Once we have burnt <laughs> capitalism to the ground uh, Will we still be around By the time capitalism is gone Will we even outlive capitalism That is it my answer It will be a nuclear fire that burns <laughs> capitalism to the ground uh, In which most of us will probably die I will, rev- I will still be a critic And I will review The burnt remains of capitalism <laughs> <laughs> I love it This, this week <laughs> I'm reviewing A fire made from all of the rich people's money <laughs> It rules with the fire that warms not only the outside of my body, but it warms my soul on a spiritual level. Inside the remains of Electronic Acre Softworks. <laughs> Charred remains. <laughs> Have you got an answer? Uh, well, I, 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 don't think, I don't think we'll make it. I think... I, I, I yeah. fear that it will be nuclear explosions uh, and capitalism will survive in a bunker. I, I and then it will eat itself. Well, that's the thing is... Mm, the people that are destroying the world are the people who can afford to survive the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Squid Cap, awesome name. Uh, what are your favourite terrible movies? Um, I think I've said this in places before. I unironically love Power Rangers the movie Turbo. Uh, the, the second series of Power Rangers, it's tie-in feature-length movie. Um... In, in which a, like, nine-year-old ends up becoming the Blue Ranger. And it's, like, it's weird. Because when he transforms into a Power Ranger, he is full adult size like the rest of them. Almost like, um, you know... Captain Marvel? Is it Captain uh, Marvel? Um... Yeah, yeah, Captain Marvel. I suppose Captain Marvel's the same. So, the thing is, like, this, this is clearly a situation of... We already had we already had an adult that could fight in the suit, so we're just not going to acknowledge this particular one. That's fair. Um, but like, as a kid that was really into Power Rangers, the whole like aspirational idea of like 
oops, I wasn't noticed and I accidentally found out who the Power Rangers are and now I'm a Power Ranger, was very appealing and it's like stuck with me and I just kind of love that film. Nice. What about you? You got any terrible films you love? Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I like them, so I don't know if I yeah. call them terrible films. Like, I suppose the stuff is probably one that people would consider to be it's, terrible. It's not a, it, it's not a great film. It's and a B movie, it's, I'll not deny it's, that. It's a great film. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible film. It's a great film. Um, I also really like, I really liked Tank Girl, and I know a lot of people think that's absolute trash. I'm trying to think if I've got any other uh, any other ones of those. Oh, fun fact about movies and the Bechdel test I learned the other day. Yeah. Uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 does not pass the Bechdel test. Sure. Um, uh, that, okay, there are there is at 1.2 women on screen at the same time. Only in one moment are there two women on screen at the same time. They don't exchange any words. So that's the thing. Um, what's the next question? Uh, Tricky would like to know what would you bring to a potluck. Uh, that's the thing where everyone brings food for like a big collective meal, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I would bring a nice uh, vegan meatloaf. Because oh, yeah. I, I need to try remaking that uh, vegan re- meatloaf recipe that I tried before that just like was a little too like it. Mm. It wasn't quite dry enough, but. That's I'd good, like though. I'd like to make a nice vegan meatloaf and try and perfect that recipe and, and bring that along. Hmm. Um, is a pot like a sit down or a stand up, like fingery? Oh, maybe it is. I we're not American. We don't really know what a potluck is. I maybe you're right. Maybe it is a like it's maybe like a a buffet lunch. Maybe I don't know. But I mean, meatloaf you could do that because you just you know slice yeah. them off and then you know go around the rest. Put it of the between. Table. Put it in a in a bun and now it's a meatloaf burger. Ooh. Or you could, I don't know, have it with like some salady bits or yeah. something, like a potato salad or something. Yeah. Um, if it's sit downy or if there's like proper plates for people to to do stuff, I would probably make my um, uh, ultimate chocolate pie or yeah. ultimate chocolate cheesecake, which is made yeah. with silken tofu and lots of delicious chocolate. Oh. Um, and a hobnob base if I do the cheesecake version. I think you could get away with paper plates and plastic spoons and get away with that one. Ooh, I don't know about the plastic spoons with the uh, with the hobnob base, because that gets know. really hard. I think if it's been out for about like 15 minutes, you yeah, get through that base all right. Spe- yeah, you might get through there, not too bad. Uh, insert name when found would like to know, what process did you go through for deciding on a name? Asking for a friend. Uh, is this uh, pod- <laughs> for the podcast name or trans related? Uh, I would guess the latter. I'm going to say the latter. Uh, I'm going to say the latter. Uh, mm. So my my process of name picking was basically I stood in front of a mirror and just said names and like just worked out how I felt about them. It was a lot of like, hi, I'm Beth. No, that's not quite right. Hi, I'm Hannah. Didn't quite work. And Laura was just the one that, that like felt right, I guess. Um, I think back about that name and like what associations do I have with that name? I can only really think of one person in my life that had that name. That was uh, a girl I went to school with who just like I always was just like you have like the kind of female energy that like I would like to have, please. Mm. Like I think she's the person I look back on and go like, oh, oh yeah, I, I looked at you and was like. I, I think at the time, like, you know how when you're trans, it's sometimes difficult to tell that, that distinction line between I would like to to be with you versus, like, no, I just I want, want to be I you. want to be you. That 
that was the when you're queer was, and trans. That, yeah, when you're queer and trans, it's it's like, do I want to date you or do I want to be you or both? And I think that like this Laura I went to school with many years ago was that, and like that name was just stuck in my name as like a hmm. yeah, that's that's like that's uh, oh no, that me please, hmm. me please. What about you? Oh, my one's a bit darker than that. I had a mental breakdown when I was 19. um, And I started... um, What's the non-schizophrenic version? I think it's when you... I was aware that the entity I was talking to was a part of myself. Okay. So I think if you're still aware of it, it doesn't... It doesn't count. It's only when you start separating your personality into different bits. But I started talking to a Jane... And she was mid-thirties, she had long black hair, uh, or or very dark brown hair. Um, She looked, uh, well, I can't, sort of, well, probably considerably shorter than than me, as I am. But, you know, sort of nerdy-ish, not super skinny. Um, Not dissimilar as I would if I let my hair colour go back to normal and stop shaving the side bits. Um... And then I came out and I picked Jane as the name because that was the name of that person who'd looked after me while I was going through a very bad time. Um, And I found out, uh, I think probably about a year after I'd come out, um, I went to visit my old neighbour who lived opposite when I grew up. Yeah. Uh, Her daughter is called Jane and she looked after me when I was little. And she had a picture of her daughter on the oh. mantelpiece, and that was her. I was like, oh, oh, okay, I'm named after a woman who looked after me when I was little. You, your brain had just, like, built this picture and stored it away somewhere of, like... She looks this, after you. This, this is the person this that looks is, after this you. This is Jane. She looks after you. Yeah. Oh, oh, Bob. So there you go. That's uh, me. I look after me. Oh. <laughs> the, the other bit of my name story is, um, first instinct I had about names was, like, as a as a mark of respect to my parents, I will find out what they were going to call me had I been assigned female at birth, mm-hmm. and I will go with that. And I looked up my little uh, baby di- diary my mum kept before I was born, mm-hmm. and the two names that she was considering were not names that I as a trans person could have gone with and pulled off. The names were Mathanley, <laughs> which like which is what I, I call my vagina. I I I, I, <laughs> I couldn't get away family. with like hi, I'm a family. Like it it's too <laughs> Welsh. Just it's too Welsh. Like for my sensibilities, it's too much of like a fancy. It, it's too much like a a fancy unique name that a person might pick for themselves. Okay, I feel like you want to a bit more blend in with the crowd. Something. Exactly. I I don't want my as a as a trans person just for me. Particularly, I don't want to draw attention to the fact that I picked my own name, and that feels like a name that would draw attention. Like Harris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm only talking for myself and like my own personal <laughs> yeah, um, sensibilities. And the other one was Hermione, oh. which is a name that, like, had I been a cis girl and been named Hermione prior to the Harry Potter books happening, and then the Harry Potter books came out, I'd have been the fucking coolest. Yeah, but you would. As like a trans person who picked their name, yeah, um, like you know, around age like nineteen, twenty, yeah, entirely every fucking person would have assumed that I just liked the Harry Potter books and was like, I'm gonna name myself after Harry Potter character. So, 
Yeah, naming yourself after modern fiction is probably a weird one. Yeah, so I didn't think I could go with either Hermione or, like, Hermione was a definite no. I'm a fan. I I was like, I'll see if it sits. Like, the problem with my family is you try and shorten that down and it becomes fanny. And then it's like, uh, ah, muff. Yeah, muff, fanny. Both of which are like, ah, it's a bit on the nose for a trans person, (laughs) isn't it? It's a genital name. Um... I did one thing I did do is I took uh, the middle name Kate was it was going to be my middle name had I been assigned female at birth yeah. um, it was going to be either Hermione Kate Dale or Mafandwi Kate Dale uh, actually it wouldn't have been Dale it would have been my previous surnames but um, yeah but like I kept the Kate bit as a matter of respect for me mother and being like oh, I'll give you some say in it. Try and make you feel like you, you had some some <laughs> hand in this. Well, I've got Eleanor in there, but I spell it differently to how they were thinking about it. Because they were expecting a girl. They yeah. wanted a girl. They got, got a one. girl. Kind. They, got, they, got, they got didn't one. know it. Not in the way they expected. They didn't know it, um, but they got a girl. In so much as they wanted a child at all, which they didn't, um, they wanted a girl. Um, they were going to call her Eleanor after Sam Gamgee's first daughter. Um, uh, yeah. Um, but mine's uh, spelt... E-L-L-E-N-O-R, as opposed to E-L-E-A-O, however you spell Eleanor with the A in it. Dyslexia! Um, I chose to name myself after Lady Eleanor Fenn, who was a teacher of of children, uh, an author of children's books and educational books back in the many long years ago, and was a a big old feminist and and supporter of education for all. Uh, Ollie Hood would like to know, what is your favourite Christmas song? Hmm. I don't know if there's any that I really particularly like. I don't like Christmas. Uh, I don't like Christmas yeah. songs. I do like one piece of music that is... I don't know why it's associated with Christmas, but it is uh, in Dolce Jubilo. What's that one? Uh, it's that one that starts off sort of very fluty and then it's got electric guitar in it at the end. I don't know if I know that one off the top of my head. Oh, that one! That one's alright, yeah. I like that one. Um... I quite like the darkness's Christmas sea song is alright. See, that one's that that's fun. I worked in retail for a very long time and that was on every I worked year. in retail as well. Six times that, a day. That is one song that didn't ruin itself for me. <laughs> it's it's when we, we had that. I think it was like an eight hour long CD. I have no idea how this thing worked. Um, and it was, uh, it had all three versions of do, uh, of the Live Aid track, Do They Know It's Christmas. Oh, that song. Like, like even, even the weird 90s version. Because like, there oh won't be God. snow in Africa this Christmas. There fucking will. And, 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 there and... will. They know it's Christmas time. I mean, it's... probably because the missionaries have been there forever fucking Indeed. shit up for people. Yeah. No rivers flow? Well, how many of the longest rivers in the world reside in Africa? Also, like, Africa's a big place. You probably can't make statements like this, like, you know, any kind of statement and have it act- be applicable to all of Africa. Yeah, pretty much. Huh. We got any other questions? Let my double check. Uh... Uh, if you could, uh, the Nick Flair would like to know if you could see suplex one person from history, who would it be and what kind? Can't be Hitler if you're suplexing someone. Ah. 
I can't I think mean, of any, any, woman, any like, of the major dictators, really. Yeah, like Hitler's the one that comes to mind where I'm like, can I just clean? Yeah, just nice kids. I don't know types of suplexes. Which I'm one's not... the suplex? Uh, it's it's one of the ones where you like do a, a big like throw and drop of them, and they like get smacked to the ground a bit. I think is that the one where you you you've got them sort of on your shoulder, and then you sort of drop backwards, and they go. Let me and have a look. Up. Define suplex. Or is that the one where you've got your arm between the legs and... Uh, it's that sort of... Oh, it's yeah. that one. It it's the, the one where you one. sort of pick them up under the legs and then throw them over your shoulder, I think. Uh... So, like, you, you pick them up like that and then you, like, drop them. Oh. Yeah, so you sort of... You end up dropping them kind of like that. Okay. Um... Yeah. I don't know. Is there one where you can drop them onto a large nail? <laughs> uh, if you want to suplex them onto a nail, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I'll pick any of the major dictators, uh, and and I'll I'll suplex them onto a nail. Yeah. I'm uh, gonna. I'm Pol gonna. Pot. I'm gonna say Hitler specifically Hitler, because Mussolini. Uh, because right now, like, there's a depressing rise in um in Nazism again, and. I think that it would be great if there was just the image of a trans woman suplexing <laughs> Hitler. I yes. think I think that's exactly what we need uh, to fight the Nazis. I need that in one of those, like you know, the uh, like nineteen thirties propaganda yeah. images. Like I just need that, but uh, just, just me suplexing a... Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's it. If if I could like historically prove, oh yeah, a trans woman suplexed Hitler once. That that would just piss off the Nazis in all the right ways. Chef kiss. <laughs> Any more questions? Uh, v would like to know. Uh, how did you come up with the name for the podcast? Uh, well, we had a different name for the podcast, and then it was taken. We wanted I... to be Transistor Radio, but it already existed. Indeed, and like so, I sat down and pondered. That that was a name that like. I wanted because it came up when I was doing that uh, stand-up uh, joke writing mm -hmm. for a while, and clearly I got beaten to the joke on that one. But we, I was, I was quite disappointed. I was like, "Oh, I wanted that name. I don't know what I want to do now." And you came up with a lot of other names. I had a huge list of different yeah. ones. I can't remember what they were now, and I don't have that. Queer and Pleasant yeah. Strangers was the one where I was like. Okay, maybe that may maybe I I can get over the fact that I wanted this to be Transistor Radio for that one. Yeah, because you were almost like I don't want to do the podcast now because well, we can't have the name. Yeah, there was a bit of me I just like I got really set on this idea in my head and then was like it's it it's not how it was planned. Brain doesn't like when it's not what was planned. No. Brain no like changing plans. Change of plans is no good. No. So there nearly wasn't a podcast because yeah. somebody stole our name. Bastards. There nearly wasn't a podcast because my autism brain was like, my name's taken, can't do show now. Yeah, so on a list of about 15 names I came up with that I kept trying to to, to press on you, feel like, hey, how about Qu this one? How Queer and Pleasant Strangers... Eventually you were like... Queer and Pleasant Strangers took some... I had to get used to it. But then you were like, that's the one. Yeah. Oh, I like that one. Actually, I really like that one. Yeah, it, it 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 got there. It just... My brain had to do the thing where for a while it just goes, yeah, but it's not, it's not what it was going to be, though. It's, it's not the thing, though. It's going to change. It's not, it's not what... It's not, though, because it's that, though. Mm. And just does that over and over for a while. Yeah. My brain's a weird place to live. Same. Yeah. You got any more questions? That's all the oh. questions. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? 
To weeks since no. you know, yeah, I've got me grumbles, but I've done all right. What about yourself? Well, you know, not, not, not too bad myself, you know, just uh, you know, there's the, the Brexit looming America talking about all these uh, trade talks and so forth. It's uh, it's all been quite concerning, if I'm honest. Oh, goodness, yeah, I saw a thing about uh, you know, the Trump administration was like. NHS is making us look bad by comparison, so we're going to use our trade deal to raise NHS prices, not lower American raise prices, the drug for prices health prices. Yeah, yeah, drug yeah. prices within the that the NHS are paying. It's stuff like this is ludicrous. Um, but you know, speaking of the NHS, I was having a I was having a think about a thing this week, yeah. as I'm often want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got a thought here and. I, it's, it's a thing that's maybe think maybe people would think it's a bit uh, uh, a bit pie in the sky, but I think it's it should be a fact of life. Anything you need to survive as a human being, you know, food, water, shelter, like basic necessities of life, healthcare, should be free, or at the very least, you know, free at the point of access and subsidised by the wider society in the way that, say, in theory, the NHS is meant to be. But I do with the NHS is anyone, you know, whether they have income or not, can just go to a hospital and get treatment and not have a bill to pay. And I feel like water, basic food, shelter... Should be the same. Yeah, water, food, shelter, universal basic income. Yeah, like, you know, like, I I can live with a world in which, like, you know, there are potentially premium versions of these things. Like, perhaps, perhaps you know, your free government-provided food might not be, you know, that deluxe uh, chocolate ice cream you really like. Might not be on there, but... Yeah, I mean, there might not know, be extra pleasantries like like sugary things but you know that all your everything you need for basic nutrition i think should be in there indeed the ability you get no like, one should be malnourished as a result of a lack exactly. of exactly people should be able to be like i can get the food that i need to put food on the table and keep my family you know nutritionally balanced as they're supposed to be Cause it's the one benefit we've got as a species is the fact that like we have developed to a point where we can communicate, we can empathise each other's needs, and we've got more than enough to go around, and we can go, hey, no one should be in, like, ludicrous wealth while there are people starving to death. Exactly. You know, I, uh, there was that great post going around recently about, no, I don't think 50% of billionaires should be women. I think there shouldn't be any billionaires at all. Indeed. Because here's, here's the thing. Uh, no one... Like, there's this whole idea that if someone's a billionaire, it's like, oh yeah, no, they worked hard for it. They might have worked hard, but no one has worked hard enough to justify making more more than the like the average person's like lifetime salary per second in interest. Like that that is not a thing that no one person can work enough to ever justify that. Like. Is the exploited well, um, yeah. the exploited uh, wages or labour of the workers? 
Yeah, it's. You I work, mean, we're talking basically yeah, about no, communism. Yeah, we 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 like no people. People work to a point where they can start exploiting the people below them, and that's how they. That's how people who are rich turn into people who have such ludicrous money. It shouldn't be legal. People have got so quote unquote good at, at exploiting people that they have managed to accumulate for themselves untold riches that they could not possibly spend in their life. Indeed, like it's thing. I I think about like. I sometimes think about if I won the lottery, what would I do with that money? And the things that, like, you know, there are lots of things I would do that would be to help other people. But I'm I'm well aware, I'm guilty of the fact that my, my first thoughts are things for myself. I think about, like, buy myself a, you know, house one after what Because a lot of these things I think about are actually, basically what we're talking about is I would buy myself a house so that I don't have to be... Paying it, a landlord yeah, who is pay, exploiting, yeah, paying someone who is exploiting my my need to have somewhere sheltered, like that's 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 what it boils down to. Because when people are like, if I if I had this magical infinite money, what's the first thing I would do? I would take care of my needs for shelter, food, water for the rest Your of your hierarchy I, of needs. I would. I, that's a depressing thing, isn't it? That people think, oh, if I won the lottery, I would. I would make sure that I never had to worry about this hierarchy of needs anymore. I'd never have to worry about shelter. Yeah. It's, it's such a basic thing that people are like, if I won the lottery, I'd buy, I'd buy a house and not have to pay rent because hierarchy of needs and stability of shelter is top of people's fucking list and that's terrifying. Exactly. I mean, we, we mentioned hierarchy of needs. I mean, I, I've, I've mentioned this uh, not too long ago that basically the things I would do is I would make sure that I had a roof over my head yeah. and then I would try and provide roofs over the heads of, of, of friends to make sure yeah. that people had the health that uh, health care that they needed if they were yeah. if they didn't have that in their area or, or or were looking at a very long time before they could get it yeah. through some more social means and then like the the fact that I would move on to more artistic ventures yeah and this I th- I think this is a terrible thing about the state of society that the people who feel that they can move into artistic ventures tend to be the super wealthy. Yeah. Well, it's, it's exactly the thing. Is it's it's hierarchy needs. Because it all trickles down as well. Because I was thinking about this whole, uh, you know, win the lottery, buy yourself a house thing. It, it not only, you know, buying yourself a house outright, not only, like, you know, takes shelter off of your hierarchy of needs, because you don't have to worry about that anymore, it means that the money you do make by working suddenly goes a lot further on the rest of your hierarchy of needs. Because yes. if you're not paying, like, you know, if my income didn't change, but I wasn't having to pay rent month, month to month, suddenly, you know, you know, food, water, rest of the hierarchy of needs, etc., suddenly I've got more money than I need for those things. You know, those things become less of a concern, they become more stable. Because one of my hierarchy of needs that, you know, takes a good chunk of my income is struck off that list. Yeah. Like, we've got enough, we've got enough homes in the UK for every person in the UK to have a, to like live somewhere. Yeah. Like, homeless people only exist because we arbitrarily decide that it's more important that some people can profit off of the housing market than it's important for people's basic ability yeah. to have sheltered baby that. boomers were so obsessed with the, the the value of their property going up and up and up endlessly that that they that they people have been too afraid to do things with uh the you know the the value of housing or the the value because they're afraid that people who have these things already 
will see a drop in the value of their property and suddenly, you know, I remember when I was little, my nan was always saying, if you can buy a house, put your money in bricks and mortar. Yeah. Right, and, and that is a thing that, like, boomers and, and whatever the generation before that was. Is that why? Yeah, I don't I know. can't remember. Uh, but yeah, like that whole generation, it was all about, you know, getting a property. Well, it's so weird, the difference in ways that, like, past generations and, and our generation think about, you know, owning a home. Because you're right, for a long time it was buy a house because it is a thing that will have value. Whereas I think for most people now, it's buy and own a house because it'll be really, when you're older, it'll be really nice to not have to worry about that particular hierarchy of needs point. Like, if you're... Yeah. If you can reach, you know, retirement age and have a house paid off, that's a hierarchy of needs that you don't have to stress about in your old age. How am I going to cover this yeah. this need? I think and there are a lot of people that are, are, are alive now that will probably never get to retire. Yeah, exactly. It just won't be feasible. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the the number of people in this world who are like sat stuck in a position of. If a parent doesn't pass away and leave me their house, I'm probably never going to own a home. Yeah. And that's a depressing thought. I knew I was never going to own a home as soon as my dad decided that he was going to sell it to buy booze. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. And you, The hierarchy needs is fucked. And I, I think my, my core point I was making at the beginning is just, if you need it to survive... It shouldn't be denied yet. No, absolutely. Like, no, no, you know, you might look at homeless people and go, oh, but you can't give them a house. They're going to do all this, that, and the other negative things. No, just be a fucking compassionate human being. Exactly. Every human being should have a warm, dry place to sleep, food, water, and healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, if nothing else, just get those covered for every fucking human being. And if you, if you have to take a billionaire and go, hey... Ten billion of your of your money, you, you other people need it more than you, and just take it. Yeah, um, I don't think that's immoral. If someone's got a hundred and fifty billion, they're not going to miss ten. I think as soon as you hit a billion pounds, the you know you should be taxed at a hundred percent. Here's the thing: I I'm not opposed to that. I would not be opposed to our planet just going. You know what? A cap of a billion. You cannot have more than a billion in personal wealth. Or whatever you call money is no longer money. So you don't actually yeah. have any of that anymore. That's what you get for being a billionaire, you scum. Yeah, it's... It is, like... you. The difference between a million and a billion is, like... It's really hard to wrap your mind around something. It's a lot sometimes. of zeros. It's a lot of zeros. Like, pe- people think, like... It, a million and a billion don't feel far apart. It feels like, oh yeah, that's like a person having like a hundred million. It's like, no, that's like, they. you will never earn as much in your life as they make per day just sitting on their mountain of gold. Yeah. I, remember, I remember when I was little, people used to talk about, you know, you could be a millionaire and set for life. Yeah. Like, the idea now that like people who win the lottery, you know, don't even last... You know, and until their their death. Yeah. Well, this is it. It's like if I had a million, buy a house. But it's only bought a house. That's either most of it or all of it gone. And honestly, you know what? That'd be enough. If I if I could buy a house, I'd be like, I can I can I can 
I can afford to meet the rest of my hierarchy needs without having to sell my entire life to capitalism. That'd be nice. Wouldn't it just? Oh, <sighs> should we have that hug? Please, mate, please. If someone ever wanted you to buy us a house, I wouldn't say no. Well, you know, uh, it would be nice. We need rich friends. This I, is I the don't know if I'd get on with them if I'm nah, honest. That's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. We wouldn't want them. Yeah. Oh. Oh. He's a good old mate. Always good. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Shall I put the kettle on? Uh, spot the kettle on. Yeah. Have a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> Laura. Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? You can find me at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, you can find me Monday to Friday, 95 at kotaku.co.uk. You can find my two books, which are both funded. They're both happening now. <laughs> um, things I learned about Mario's butt, that's still going to be up on Unbound for a couple of months. So if you'd like to get a signed copy, a copy that I doodled a butt into, uh, the audiobook, the, the mugs, all the like backer rewards. You Prince. Can, uh, Prince, I think you can still get a sign. You can get a, you can get a Skype chat with me, I think, is one that we still got some left of. Um... It's still the best place to get me the best possible cut of revenue on the book, and it's the only place to get those rewards, so, like, check that out there still. We're, we're working hard on it. It should hopefully be out, like, next year sometime. Maybe maybe in the summer? Maybe uh-huh. in the summer? Uh, my other book, Uncomfortable Labels, is available places that can order books with ISBN numbers. Uh it's showing up in a lot of countries, um, Amazon stores. I, yeah, I know Amazon, but like, uh, someone in Germany found it, found it on uh, Amazon Germany. Oh yeah. So I don't know if that's you would have to check Amazon. I don't know if that's a translated version. I know that translation rights have been in discussions for some countries. So mm. like, even if you you would rather read a book not in English, that might be an option. Check out check out uh, book places and websites in your country. Other than that, I'm on Dice Funk. It's a 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons real play podcast. I'm on seasons 3, 4, and 5. They're all self-contained stories. Season 3 is about trying to escape a weird magical barrier town. Season 4 is cyberpunk overthrowing capitalism. And uh, season 5 is drunken space adventures. So that's... I think that's everything I do. What about you, Jane? I can be found on stonemonkeyradio.blog where my Abzu uh, review has just gone up. <sighs> and who knows what else will have happened in the meantime before Sunday when this goes up. Uh, I can also be found on YouTube and Twitter as Maniac Janiac. I'm on soundcloud.com as Jane Eris Magnet, where you might be listening to this now. Um, I think that's really all the important bits. That's all the important stuff. Oh, I twitch.tv slash Janiac where I do streams, usually on a Thursday, but this week it will have been on a Wednesday because I'm going to get my face zapped off. Uh, Yeah, and that's pretty much all I do. So, until next time, be a stranger.